just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 80 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season 4, episode 13, Pictures of You. This is it. This is like the most anticipated episode, anticipated moment of all time, surely. Like, nothing has been more important than this in the world, ever. I like drugs more than I like pain. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, Sophia's bush has like a... Sophia's bush (laughs) has a history there. That's exactly what you just said. (laughs) Get that on a fucking t-shirt. That wasn't what I meant. I will write that one myself. So, honey, put the pen down. I've got this. I reckon Mouse got a wang on him, hasn't he? He's got a massive dick. Yeah, because that's why Erica Marsh left him. Which one's which? Well, you're going to have to be Lucas because, you know, you're identical. And I'll be Hayley because, you know, I'm talented. (laughs) I could be the mayor and you could be the cocaine. I'd try and snort you. Or you be done, I'll be Deb, and I'll taser you. <laughs> Your face, then. <laughs> Such disappointment. Why do I have to always be tased? In the airport, in the gate, to go home. <laughs> yeah, I looked across, and his legs were slightly open, and his balls were hanging out. <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> I see. Is that, is that a pigeon? Is that a pigeon? Come here. Come here. Now say it with some bass in your voice. We're the motherfucking gangsters right now. We're the motherfucking gangsters right now. We're the motherfucking gangsters right now. We're the motherfucking gangsters of right now. We're the motherfucking gangsters of right now. You know, we're the motherfucking gangsters of right now. O T H what? Sing with O T H what? Ravens. <laughs> Ravens Call me Colonel now You little ungrateful bastard <laughs> Call me it Before I get your dad on the phone And we'll have a 30 minute conversation <laughs> And only 10 words have been exchanged It will be about how ungrateful you are For the opportunity to be on this platform Which is the People's Podcast Which is O-T-H What? O-T-H Ravens Appearances Keeping up appearances Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. Really good talking to myself. <laughs> Nicky, Nicky. We don't have sex scenes like this in One Tree Hill. Like this was like in terms of they were literally in bed, you know, humping. Um, <laughs> you know why, Simon? Why? Because fuck you, Dom. <laughs> <gasps> 
I raise my hand and be like, um, Mr. Michael Murray, it's, I'm a long-time fan. Wonderful to be here. Season 3, episode 13, uh, you, uh, as Lucas, had to hump Brooke and kind of just did this weird friction like that. I made this noise. Can you hear that? Yeah. That's that's what you did. It was horrendous. Um, how did that feel, being a divorced couple, having to, to basically dry hump on another one set? Uh, can I check? Do you love dongs? <laughs> you must love dongs to be in this pit. No, but do heroin, drink a Diet Coke, and have a cigarette. That was my right. diet. Yeah. Pretty much, that's it. It wasn't a walk, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm glad I came on this walk with you." It wasn't a walk. It wasn't. It was barely even a stroll. He practically rolled out of fucking bed and ended up on a bench outside the fucking cabin or whatever it is. Oh my god, he actually has. Full flute. What we celebrate today? Oh fuck it, it's Wednesday. I'm gonna bang in some champagne. La de fucking da. <laughs> Tell you what, Keith does not manscape at all. He just naturally is just perfectly contoured down there. It just it falls into place. <laughs> so hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 4, Episode 13, Pictures of You... Dom, we are here. How are you, my good man? I'm good. I'm not bad at all, thank you very much. I've had a pretty good week since our last podcast. You know, things all right, just cracking on. Usual usual biz. How are you? How are you feeling? Well, since our last podcast, my whole family came down with COVID, except for me that tested negative the entire, the entire way through, but probably did have covid anyway but uh yeah the uh f's over it now and negative and our little guy is getting better and is pretty much there and i'm feeling a lot better now especially for seeing your face but what i am conscious of dom is can you hear the difference in my voice Uh, yeah i can definitely hear that you're not well yeah Oh well, that's not what that is. Oh. That's because I've got that's because I've got the retainers in on oh. my teeth, and it's it makes me lisp because every time when I put my when I'm speaking, my tongue gets caught on the back of the retainer. There's there's a there's a, a deepness and a graveliness to your voice this week, which means uh, oh, I can, <clears throat> I can hear that you're ill, but also makes you very mm. very desirable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. What? How are they, think, how are yeah. they feeling? The expensive uh, teeth fixers. Well, I, if I was to put it in um, <laughs> in a simple phrase, Dom, I'd say, um, how are they? What's the um, a fucking mistake? <laughs> a, a fucking expensive, stupid mistake. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because um, my teeth are straight. It's one tooth. One tooth at the bottom that was just snaggling out. But the rest of them were straight. Like, I mean, even to the point that, you know, growing up and stuff, I'm not bragging here, but, you know, I never had braces or anything. But a lot of people would be like, oh, your teeth are, pre- are straight. Did you used to have braces? No, just lucky. Blessed, I guess. No, 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 But guess what? Now, my teeth are all kinds of fucked up. Because when I went to the... You go to the dentist to get your first 
session, right? That's an hour and 45 minutes. Now, I should have done what I do with everything else in my life and YouTubed it, you know, and gone through someone's review that's, hey, this is, I did a year of this and this is what happened and this is what... No, I didn't do any of that for some reason. I thought dentists just straightened people's teeth all of the time. I just went into it a bit naive and blind and stupid. I'm in there and my man, he numbs my the my bottom of my face, right? Uh, <laughs> with, with anesthetic, not like just like smacking me in the face until I can't feel anything anymore. <laughs> but he might as well have because after that, they literally shave your teeth to make more space in your mouth, right? So say like the bottom teeth here, so the main point is I have one tooth that's like started going in a different direction, right? To, when they bring it, when they bring that tooth straight, there's not enough room for it to sit in there anymore. So they have to cut off sections of your other teeth to make space for it. And then it was horrific, man. It was horrific because I could just hear the and you see, I'm seeing like bits of my teeth flying like out of my mouth, right? While I'm watching Friends on the TV screen that's on the ceiling <laughs> with subtitles, right? Which kills every kind of line of delivery of comedy in that show. And guess what episode it was? It was the episode where Ross whitens his teeth and he's holding <laughs> the bread up. And it's on Netflix. So it's like I was thinking, did they choose this on purpose? It's not like it was just coincidentally on TV. Anyway, all of that done, right? He gives me the mirror and I'm looking. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like Ethany's just been killing me with it. Because I, I, all my teeth have gaps in between them now. It's like, but I had... What the right, so... But then on top of my teeth, they've put these tiny little, it feels like pieces of gravel, like little bits of like, like it feels like stones, but it's like, it feels like chipped bits of teeth that go on top of your teeth that then the retainers go on top and they basically, that pushes all your teeth together and whatever. But the point is, is it feels awful. (coughs) When I got home is pretty much when all this COVID stuff started happening it was just terrible. Now I've got used to it, like in terms of having these in. It's going to take six months. In six months, my teeth will be perfect. Great. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back, to, back to the way they were six months ago. <laughs> just three and a half grand down. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, and, but then... But the thing is as well with it is, okay, so like you can't see, like you can, you can't tell that they're in there, right? Like, cause they're see-through. But if you're close to me, like when I see you for football, like on Monday, you'll be able to see, cause I've got these fucking stones like on my teeth, if you see what I'm saying. Like you'll, like the, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Like, I can't undo it now. I have to go through this. But my point is, to anyone listening out there that's considering it, guess what? Maybe one snaggle tooth gives you a bit of character, okay? <laughs> Just don't worry. Like, unless your teeth are really fucked up, like, unless you, you know, <laughs> unless then do it. Unless mess. <laughs> unless it looks like you've been, like, chewing on bricks for breakfast, you oh, know? No. Like, just... Don't do it. It's fine. Bless your heart. Paying, literally paying 500 quid a month for the pleasure of having your teeth mm. shaved. <laughs> mm, oh, my God. And because, uh, like, my mouth was numb, it's like, okay, I can't feel it. 
But there was one at the bottom, like one of my teeth right at the bottom, um, that as he was doing it, if you ever, when you go to the hygienist or the dentist, where it hits a nerve and it just like shoots down your body, mm. like a sensitivity, did you have sensitive teeth? Uh, mostly at the back, but yeah, like occasionally, yeah. But that sort of pain, it's like, oh, and it hit in one where I can't feel my face, but I could feel the the nerve like go oh it was horrible man it, it was horrible but then as they literally get like floss but it's not floss it's like sandpaper like this and he kept catching my gum but my gum wasn't numb and i was like oh man oh man it was just what a what a mistake what an error but something that has come out of it because i can't eat with them in and they have to be in the whole time day and night you can only take them out to eat I and it's so so much hassle to take them out and then you want to rinse them off and clean them off and whatever that I only eat at meal times. <laughs> I've already I've already lost five pounds. Fucking hell! <laughs> because I can't be bothered to take them out. So it's the, there's that. I the guess getting your teeth fixed diet <laughs> when they weren't oh, even broke. <laughs> it's a nightmare, man. Oh, buddy. Never mind. You've done it now. It's not. It's not a regret. It will be. Per- they'll be perfect by the end of it, and you'll be happy. And you'll be like, "Yeah, I'm glad I did it." So, well, I, I mean, your wallet won't be happy, but the rest of you will be. <laughs> I'm going to sound like I'm going to have a like this weird this like lisp on the podcast for like six months. It's not that noticeable. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's not that noticeable. Okay, maybe I'm just hearing it in my internal ear. You you can you can probably hear it and you can feel it because obviously it's in your mouth, so you can feel it, but. If you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have really noticed. You know, you already sound a bit poorly, but I might have gone, he sounds a bit weird. Why is he saying things like that way? But it wouldn't have been anything that ever anyone had ever really noticed. But now you've highlighted it to the world. Um, that's all yeah, we're going to hear. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a sweet man. I, I, it's sad. We, we're going to have more time here before uh, we've got Magda and Kat coming on. Because I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to share some stuff to do with this episode. It's probably a little bit more vulnerable, and I, I don't really. It's not that I don't feel comfortable. It's odd. It's an odd dichotomy, isn't it? Because I can feel. I I do feel comfortable sharing that stuff. Obviously, I've done it loads of times on the podcast, all the time. But it's a lot easier sharing it when it's just you and me. Of course. Even though it's then going out to like you know a thousand plus people will hear it or whatever. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, there's there's all sorts of little things like that 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 we do that I sometimes think I, I wish the other person wasn't here for that. You know, when we do the, you've just become a, well, I do the welcoming our new ravens. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I think I wish the raven that was on the episode wasn't here for that, <laughs> mm, okay, <laughs> and I, I was yeah. just doing it just you and me because it's kind of it's a really silly thing. It's really silly, <laughs> but in my head I'm just thinking they must think what is wrong with this guy <laughs> no. and i well, just like why... go all in for it <laughs> i want to work that's... on you raven as as best but... as possible and in a in a good way but i then get this weird there's just this weird subconscious thing that just goes hello there's someone else watching you <laughs> and it's just like oh, okay and I guess from their perspective, it's because they're used to hearing it. They're not used to seeing it, right? So, and and because you do it theatrically, like you're moving around with it, you know. Quite an animated person when these things happen, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
but you do a great job with, with it. But yeah, I get, I completely get your sentiment. So it's um, it's odd, but we're I don't, we're not probably not going to have time. So maybe I will just do a diluted version of it because it, it's like related to this episode. But you did just remind me, we do have a raven. Ooh. So let's 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 do that. Let's get this done quick. <laughs> oh, got into the wrong note. Okay, coming straight in. Now this is. This is pretty rare. This is pretty uncommon. I'm talking someone that we ha- haven't had any contact with. It's not like a message has come here on Instagram. Oh, I'm going to sign up. Oh, this. Or that's a, even a name that I'm familiar with. Because we get familiar with, with the names, you know, from people that comment on our stuff and like our stuff and whatever. No, this is um, this is out of the blue. And why I say it's rare, because I'm talking out of the blue. I'm not talking junior varsity. No. I'm not talking varsity. No. There's only one thing I'm talking about, Don. Shit. <laughs> I'm talking about the Hall of Motherfucking Bane, baby. Woo! The big legs. <laughs> Flames. I'm talking had a Nike shoe deal before they'd finished high school. Chuck. I'm talking about Chuck. Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Don't worry about JV. Don't worry about any of that other stuff. Don't worry about Varsity. No. You are going straight to the Hall of Fame, my friend. Mm. Straight to the Hall of Fame. I've been down yeah. the river court. I've been sitting in Keith's van. I know he's gone, but I've been <laughs> sitting in his van anyway. I've been there with Whitey. I've been watching you. I've been watching you play, and we are impressed. And you mm. know what you're getting? You're getting mm. Lucas's shirt. That's right. <gasps> I've taken it off of skills, and I'm giving it to you, Chuck. That is yours. Do you know why I'm giving it to you, Chuck? Because you just became a raven. Wow. You were so angry with that one. That was passion and anger, and really you've been holding that in. Chuck yeah. to feel it, you know, when it, gets to, when it gets to them. I really want them to go, shit, I need to perform. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will meet Chuck. I he's selected an episode. I can't remember what it is. I did write it down, Chuck. I feel like it was like eighteen or nineteen. It's on the list. Don't worry, oh, awesome. we got you. So Chuck's already coming on this series. Yeah, ma'am. Cool. Can't wait to meet him. And just as a little reminder to Ravens, if you're a Hall of Famer and you're not down for an episode in this season or next season or whenever, I. Uh, Please contact me because you you have you have that right. You just need to let me know. Like I welcome everyone when they come in. I ask what episodes they want, but beyond that, that's just way too much admin to keep up on. You just gotta <laughs> let me know, okay? Every season you get an episode, just message me. We'll hook it up. Dom, there's so many more things that we need to talk about that aren't One Tree Hill related. Um, firstly, this is a a big episode to talk about, a big episode of contention, lots to talk about. So we will get into all of that in lots of detail. We have Magda and Kat coming on at the same time. Ooh. We were going to have uh, Mari on, but um, 
scheduling stuff didn't work out so she's going to come on hopefully in a few episodes time so we will get that one straight we will have our mari <laughs> episode i know that mari's just moved so there's probably mm. a lot going on for mari at the moment and it's it's only been a week or something like that so probably settling in and new place and just finding her feet so totally understandable um and then yeah hopefully we we get to catch up in a few episodes time yeah, for real. Dom, we have to discuss because it's, I mean, I've just been obsessed with it. And, I mean, the world has Will Smith, Chris Rock, the Oscars. I, I keep going back and forth on how I feel about it. I've <laughs> gone all to all different corners of it. What did you think? What was your initial reaction and uh, like, where are you landing on it now in terms of, you know, what should be happening? Who was right? Who was wrong? All of that. Um, my initial reaction was, uh, this is outrageous. I can't believe Will Smith has done that. Uh, and then uh, like a brief conversation with yourself when you explained the context. Because I was at work at the time, like Monday morning or whatever, when, it, when we wake up and find out this sort of thing has happened. So I had no idea what the context behind it was. I'd just seen the footage of him getting up and slapping him and then screaming at him from his seat and I was like this is ridiculous why the hell has he done this and you explained the context and I said okay fair enough like in defense of his wife yeah just slap that piece of shit you know but the more I think about it the kind of less time I want to give it because I think everyone in the world is talking about this right now and it 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 really just it just needs to be killed I think because it it was either a crazy publicity stunt or it was an actor who's just lost his mind. And I understand the, the defense of his wife, but there's ways and means of doing that. And they know, as professionals, that they're going to get picked on. They know that. They, they turn up knowing that at some point, someone's going to come out and make some jokes. And they, they're, they're not sure that it's going to be them. Leo gets it probably more than anyone, particularly about time. his girlfriends being like... 20 years younger than him and so on and so forth and that even happened on the night mm-hmm. but for someone in the position of will smith it, this is my opinion so you know it is mm. what it is to get up <laughs> to get up and decide when he was laughing along with chris Rock, he was laughing along and then mm. jada clearly was unhappy he mm. then decided okay i'm gonna go up and do something about this goes up slaps him and then starts shouting at him from from the seat in my eyes just do the shouting from the seat and we call it a day there was absolutely no need to get up and slap him in the face um frankly it was shocking he's an example to people and has been for a long time he's definitely been a person in my eyes that has represented hard work and grafting and really knowing your trade and kind of protecting people which is fine but he went to the extreme he went to a level that, that is almost unacceptable. And there's some weird shit that goes on in their relationship. There's lots of stuff that's come out about them, you know, in the last sort of year or two. And we know it's it's weird and rocky and Jada Smith's a bit weird and rocky, but it is what it is. <laughs> and he must be as well. But in my eyes, um, really shocking display. Dreadful role model. I think it was awful that everybody got up and clapped him when he, when he won. Awful. Mm. Um, I think there should have been more people... Um, make being brave enough to make a bit of a stand and saying, I don't agree with what you did, did a little while ago, 
So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get up and like be a, a Hollywood sheep and just clap you because you know you're mm. Will Smith. I, I'm gonna say this isn't right. And yeah, okay, he made a joke about your wife, and yeah, it's it's like a, a medical condition and it's horrible and lots of people suffer with it. But you know, she was she was rocking it. She she does her thing. She she still looked great. So it, it didn't mm. need to go to that extreme. And he's just played a character who borderline abusive you know if you, if you think about it i don't know if you've seen uh, the film watched it last night fantastic film i told you when i when i watched it last year or whenever it came out or whatever or earlier this year it was a brilliant film it was a mm. really really good film and i would recommend anyone go and see it but he's played a character yeah. that's like borderline abusive and then when he gets to Thrill, speech yeah. he's like we need to protect these kids and he's protect everyone mate you know it's just i don't think it's right um and you kind of think that they're, they're part of unions they're they're part of an academy or whatever they need to get involved mm. and potentially say you can't have your oscar or you can't have this or you can't do that or there's a fine or something's got to happen you know think about it from our neck of the woods and our side of the pond if we had a premier league footballer for example go up and smack another footballer in the face there'd be fines there'd be bans there'd be inquests there'd be all sorts but because it's Will Smith, it's kind of like all up in the air, isn't it? Oh, he said sorry. You know, P. Diddy let us know. Great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Diddy. Yeah. Well, there, there's so many things to unpack there. Because when, right, firstly, I've got to just tell you how I found out, right? I woke up in the morning, I opened my eyes, and F was leaning over me, watching me, waiting for me to wake up. And as soon as she, I opened my eyes, she went, yes, oh my God, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> Everyone's talking about it, like as in like in all like our WhatsApp groups, like family groups and whatever. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, and I couldn't believe it. I was like stunned. I was like, I, like, is this real? Because it doesn't look real. Like, I know it is real, but from the way it is and the way it does it, it looks like it's a Hollywood slap and whatever. Obviously, it definitely is real. But to begin with, I thought, well, when it, when I heard the joke and that it was about alopecia and, and all the rest of it, I thought, okay, that is rough. Um, and to begin with, I almost thought, oh, okay, he overstepped the line and he got the consequence of it. And actually, sometimes if you, you can't think you can just say anything you want. And then as I thought about, and that was what I initially, when we were talking, that's what I thought. And then I thought about it more and watched the clip more and more and more and actually it's just like what, exactly what you said they're some of the richest people in the world right and they get paid it's part of it and at the end of the day it's a joke if it's in bad taste and it looks bad on chris rock not for saying it you know mm -hmm. rather than say nothing and it says more about him you know um so and for and for anyone to have violence against them, like, it's just, come on, man. It's like 2022. I, I mean, I mean, I know that that's a crazy thing to say. We've got a, a war happening on the other side of the world, um, you know, in terms of horrific violence and things that should never be happening. Um, but, right, and then... But it, it is complicated because I do think Chris Rock did overstep the line because he he's like friends with both of them like he was in the fresh prince um and he he did madagascar with uh with jada um and i just at the end of the day i guess i feel sorry for chris rock though he handled it like such a professional the way he recovered um and all the rest of it 
I feel bad for him. But I also kind of feel bad for Will in a way. Like, I, he is the villain here. But I feel bad for him in that he ruined him. He's ruined himself. Like, mm. he ruined what should have been the highlight of his career. Like you said, of someone that he's grafted. And I know I did, and I'm sure you did too. Like, our generation, we grew up idolising Will Smith. I had a, a poster of Will Smith in my in my bedroom when I was a kid. Because um, I loved him from Fresh Prince, Independence Day, you know, all of it, Men in Black, everything. And uh, and all of his albums, Big Willie style, I had them all. Wild Wild West, even, like, I love that song, even though the movie was trash. But <laughs> I, it's just really, it's really sad. Um, so, yeah, I fully... I fully agree. I don't. Have you seen what Jim Carrey said about it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I watched his uh, an interview he had on. T- I'm not sure what show he was on, like a like daytime TV kind of show. Um, I saw it very, very briefly earlier today. But I, I also think, you, you know, I, I I don't think he. I don't think we should be talking about him. To be honest, like I, I mean, it's good to talk about it and kind of sweep it under the. Let's talk about it. Let's get it done and let's move on because. That shit needs dealing with, but also I don't really want to give Will Smith, Jada Smith, like the airtime because yeah, they own exactly like you said. They own a fuckload of money. They they go into this event knowing that they they might get picked on, and he's gone and embarrassed himself in front of the mm. world. He's made mm. himself look like a right fucking idiot, in my mm. opinion. And she's the villain because you know she had a face like a slapped ass, and then obviously said, I think she's probably giving him the look and said, go and go and deal with that sort of thing. And yeah, and he's done it. Uh, and you know, he, he now just looks like a, a class A twat, mm-hmm. you know, when actually exactly like you said, throughout the nineties, our childhood growing <laughs> up, love him, loved him thinking he was brilliant, fantastic at acting, you know, particularly crying. He's just brilliant at it. And mm-hmm. he goes and does that, you know? Um, uh, and I just think, Fuck it, I don't really want to talk about him, to be honest. Chris Rock, yeah, uh, bad joke, poor taste. But they all are. They all are in those events. They all are. Look at Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais has, has spent six years at the Golden Globes with bad fucking jokes in poor taste. Because that's what he does. That's, that's what these people do. No one's ever got up and punched him in the face, you know, whatever. Well, and I saw someone had written on a comment saying something like, if, uh, if it was uh, The Rock... Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, yeah. up there saying it would Will Smith got up and done. Like, if it had been someone else, yeah. you know, um, like, what did it play in? Maybe it played in because he knew Chris Rock, you know, or because then there's all the other stuff that Chris Rock was like bullied as a kid and all this sort of stuff. And now, and and I read in it, like, I didn't really clock in, obviously I knew, but it didn't really register that Chris Rock's 57. You know, that's like, he's a, a little bit younger than my dad. Um, it's like, I'm not saying that that's like old, but that's like, you don't hit someone that old. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's old, old, but come on now. Like, it's not like, do you know what I mean? He's not 25, is he? And saying, oh, yeah, you know, your missus' his hair's falling out. <laughs> you know, that he, he went, you know, can't wait to see G.I. Jane. Yeah, okay, poor taste, but yeah, it's just cheaper. And I'm, yeah, just. Right, last question. Is, Can he it? recover? Can Will Smith recover? Can he get his career back and everything back? Uh, I mean, yeah, because it's Will Smith. I, th- I think a lot of people will go off the back of "Well done." He won a, the you know the best actor award and standing up and clapping for him. 
So you know, nothing's gonna gonna come of it, is it? Uh, I, I think he'll recover fine. He might even, you know, let's say he takes a year off. He was stressed, and he's suddenly become this method actor, and you know, playing Richard Williams has really affected him and, and affected how he lives his home life, and all that shit will come out, and it'll be a load of bollocks, and then he'll be like, "I'm better now," and then I'm in fucking Men in Black Nine or whatever it is, and it's all great, <laughs> and we'll love him again. Well, thank you, Dom. Let's move over. <laughs> Let's move over to Magda and Kat. <laughs> well, we are back and we are joined by not one, Dom. Not one, not four, not three, but two. Two legendary, legendary Ravens. Two of the most spoken about, two of the most loyal, and two of the craziest <laughs> people that we've ever met. Let's be honest. <laughs> that we love when we cherish and appreciate i'm talking about offhead's finest australian's finest cat cat welcome thank you how you guys doing all good one wonderful and then of course we're talking about everybody's favorite future serial killer <laughs> magda hello how, are we how doing, are you magda? guys very good, thank you. Very good. Pleased to have you both on and both with us. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm apprehensive because on these episodes, I, with Magdalena in particular, I feel like there's a there's a beeline for Dom. No matter what it is, we need to just deal with him and sort him out. Even if I'm agreeing with you, fuck you, Dom, is kind of how it goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but also a bit nervous. <laughs> Team Simon. There you go. There you go. You got one recruit. Uh two. Cat's definitely team Simon as well. Cat, no, do you want to do you want to take it? No, I can't decide there is there is no decision, you know. I am team Dom and I am team Simon equally. Just team Ravens. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Team Ravens. Yeah, that's better. That's better. I like that. Well, um we appreciate you both being here, both being on at the same time. Of course, Dom and I haven't spoken anything about One Tree Hill yet at all. Um, we were still in the midst of Will Smith, really, uh, but we're not giving that any more airtime, as as Dom was just saying. Uh, I do just want to say, though, quickly, Dom had sent me it just like an hour ago, maybe, or two hours ago, uh, about Bruce Willis, uh, that he's uh, retiring from, act- from acting and has uh, very sadly been diagnosed with a condition that is going to affect his speech and uh, some like mobility, wasn't it? And, and things like that. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's like a form of dementia. It's, it's oh. along the same sort of lines, I believe, but it affects speech, uh, ability to write any sort of just cognitive ability really starts to fade away. So very, oh. very sad news. That is very sad. Hmm. Are we just breaking that to you now, Kat? Because you've yeah. just woken up, light is in because it's early. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you broke that oh, news sorry. to me. No, that's okay. You know, I mean, I can't say I'm, I'm his biggest fan, but nobody wants anyone to go through that kind of thing. Mm, to not lose your career, for... but... It, it does make me think of a, a, kind of, a kind of new segment, though, Simon, where we could break news to people as they wake up. <laughs> 
yes yeah. around the world just anywhere we'll start with just, australia and yeah. Just, yeah we'll just work our way through <laughs> as the sun is rising we're there breaking people's hearts with terrible news <laughs> it doesn't always have to be bad news but no yes. that's what you wanted it to be you oh, wanted okay. bad news but i i just i mentioned it in particular because bruce willis was someone that's like important to dom and i growing up because we idolized uh die hard of course but lots of his um other movies as well and things like you know like i love him from armageddon and all kinds of things uh, as well as his more serious roles the sixth sense pulp fiction um yeah it's, it's just super sad um but yeah wishing him all the best and you know perhaps you know i'm sure he's going to get the best treatment that there possibly is right and so yeah but on to other notes, we need to talk about your top fives. Have they changed? Have they updated? Magda, let's go to you. Obviously, One Tree Hill is a given. Have we got any changes on your top fives? So, as far as this, whenever you guys ask this question, I wouldn't say I don't like this question, but for me, I don't watch TV shows as much. I watch movies and like true crime documentaries more. And even if I do, and I rarely ever watch new TV shows. So for me, that list is likely not even going to change by season nine. So it's, wow. I feel like it's going to stay the same. Well, then let's see if Dom can remember any. Uh, I mean, I thought this question might come. And all I can think is making a murderer, death in paradise, the, the, the psycho next door, you know, all these things. <laughs> So what you're saying is you're you're making assumptions, but you did not listen to my choices before. Thank you, Dom. I I would have listened, and then I will continue to make assumptions. Can, can I just say, in his defence and my defence, is that we li- we hear someone's five, sometimes three people's five every week, and we do our best to remember. But that is a lot. That is a lot to remember. I think, could, okay, I think Magda, I... could you do? Could you remember? Um, Nicole from Australia's top five TV shows. No, I could not. <laughs> there you go. Just, I didn't want to play you like that, Magda. I didn't <laughs> want did. to play you like that. And you did. I thought we were on the same team. Never mind. We are. <laughs> team time <laughs> is cancelled. It's okay. <laughs> oh no, cancel culture's got me. <laughs> Over that, of everything we've said. <laughs> It was that that got us cancelled. <laughs> Good. Well, oh, wait. I, I, <laughs> I think one of yours... Let me, let me... Come on. I know. I must know. <sighs> I could probably do cats. Like, I could probably get two or three of cats. Wait, hang on. Because I, I can remember some. Magda, I can remember some. Come on, we go way back with this stuff. And my point as well about them not changing is that most of the shows on my list are like, maybe not older, but they're not really new. There's one show that's more recent. Otherwise, they're older shows because I, for me, if it's meant to be my top five, it's not going to make it into top five very easily. So if I watch a new show, even if I like Inside, it's not making it into top five. So it's it shows that have been around. Like I'm not saying like not more than 20 years, but like the less... It's more this from I would be going further than the last few years. 
No, I don't think you're going to remember any of them. To be yeah, I was going to say, are you any closer, Simon, to <laughs> Friends. <laughs> On the list of most people, but no. Um, Dom, do you have one? <laughs> no, I don't have any friends either. <laughs> I mean, okay, the, give us one. On give the us list one. without the one to heal, all of them are kind of like true crime, police, procedural related. So I've got criminal minds. Ah, oh, I was literally about to not say that, but something similar to that. Yes. Criminal minds. Then a cold case, which is, I don't think is very popular. I was explaining how it worked. I just rem- really liked the way it was shot. So it was, again, about cold cases. Mm-hmm. Um, from like a newer one that's the newest one on my list Prodigal Son which sadly got cancelled after two seasons but that was a brilliant show um, and then um, so that's three then I've had I picked People versus OJ oh yes that's it, that yeah, was, that's yeah, it. Yeah. I remember I remember, I remember that now. Yeah. I still need to so they've re- recently released a 25-episode documentary about OJ's case. Oh, and I'm like, I've watched up to episode 10. And that was a few months ago, so I feel like I need to go back and watch, binge-watch the 25 from the very beginning. Oh, gosh. Uh, but that's, so much OJ. Uh, that's about 20 hours, probably, because they're like 40-something, 50-minute episodes. Um, but yeah, that show... I love the show. So the show I've seen multiple times because it's always just one season. I think it's like 10 or 12 episodes. It's quite easy to watch it a few times. And can, has... can, I just quickly, can I just quickly say on that point, I remember when the OJ trial happened because, Dom, obviously you know my dad, but when, <laughs> this, is su- this is such a my dad thing, is I asked him if we could go camping like for the first time ever. Uh, what, what year was the OJ trial? So it's 95 that it started. Right. So I would have been eight, right? Well, Dom and I would have been eight. And um, and so we we got, a, my dad got a tent. We put it in the back garden. and uh, But my dad wanted to watch the OJ trial. <laughs> so he ran an extension lead from the house all the way to the bottom of our garden to have a TV in there just to watch the OJ trial while we were in the tent. Excellent. So. Do you want to invite your dad to our ne- next Nando's <laughs> meeting? I'll have something to talk Sure. <laughs> I, I would... I, like Dom's dad, I'd be interested to know what my dad would think of all of this. <laughs> I think that would be quite interesting. Um, yeah, so those are the four, and then it was one to heal, but now that we're doing I think last time I just I picked, I was a bit cheeky and rather than picking one TV show, I said the FBI franchise has so three different TV shows, but it's all, a lot of the times they have like um, crossover episodes and the, the cast the like characters uh know about the characters from the other movies which by the way have you done watched chicago pd yet after finishing fire no no it's a big big commitment so not gone there yet i think they're <laughs> so. on season nine now yeah so yeah i'm on uh, like chicago fire i haven't even caught up with the latest episodes on that i'm probably about six seven episodes behind um which is like an afternoon for you so (laughs) 
Yeah, like recently I've been... <laughs> so I've never... There's a lot of Marvel films that I haven't watched. And I've got Disney Plus, so I thought, you know, sod it, I'm going to watch them. But I decided to watch them in in like the order the timeline order that they're meant to be in and luckily yeah. disney plus does that for you it, it displays it there for you so i've actually i've actually got really far in it already and only started it uh like saturday night sunday so i'm not I, surprised I'm like, I'm like more than halfway through and there's a lot of films so wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are you noticing a pattern with them though right like as in i have i've i haven't seen all of them i've seen like a handful but they always seem to have a pattern you know of how the story is structured yeah definitely they're, they're built that way aren't they and what what i'm really looking out for is i, I watch the clips at the end of the credits mm-hmm. uh, and looking out for how it fits into then the next film in the timeline because they weren't made in that in that timeline right, right, so like right. um yeah captain marvel for example is the second film in the timeline but it was like one of the last ones to be made so right. it, you know it, it, although it was made like 2019 or something like that it's actually an earlier film so yeah looking at the little end clip to see how it fits with the next kind of film along and they are good it's very clever they are good i like how you're actually holding a pen while saying it i'd like to imagine you've got a uh, pin board where you're piecing all of the intricacies together <laughs> i like it it's just an- annoying that it was there and i just fiddle with stuff so i'm gonna put it no down. i like it i like it i like it <laughs> Okay, well, Magda, that's your five. They're locked away. They're in your hand luggage for when the plane crashes and you're on a desert island. So enjoy. We will send help as soon as we can. Um, And you've got the portable DVD player with the endless supply of batteries to be able to watch them, right? Amazing. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Okay. Cat. Top five. No One Tree Hill. Dom, I know you can do some on this list. I know Buffy was up there. I'm not sure it's quite in the top five, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely is it one in of the them? Five, yep. <laughs> yep. Excellent. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in there. There's another vampire one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the vampire diaries. No. Supernatural? Yes. That one, there we go. So it's one of those. <laughs> Um, Wait, does neighbours count, or he doesn't, or he didn't count because it was like, because it's a um, soap. Uh, You did actually, you did actually miss the vampire one, but supernatural is in there. Oh, there's a vampire, another vampire one. True blood. True blood. No. Another vampire one. You're making this up. I'm lost then. It's related to Buffy. Oh, Angel! <laughs> as I like to call it, Angle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you watched of that course. one yet, Tom? I haven't watched any Angel yet. No, no Angel. Just still rewatching Buffy, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, wait, when's the Buffy podcast it's come in? It's coming, I'm working on it, don't worry. Okay. Uh, There's no timeline. <laughs> <laughs> no timeline. Um, I can't remember any others. I remember vampires. That's it. There's another one that's like that's like One Tree Hill that isn't obviously isn't One Tree Hill. Not Dawson's. I don't think it's it's not it's not Dawson's, no. and I don't think it's the OC. So I can't think what it is. Is it one of the Double G shows? No, no. I think I got t- 
I got told off in the comments for <laughs> liking Gilmore Girls to Gossip Girl, but I was like, I haven't seen either of them, and they both are double G's, right? I haven't spoken up Logic. in the comments, but in my Logic. head, I was also like, how could you? <laughs> I, can't, I don't know. Well, what have we got then, Kat? What are we missing? Um, I probably, so One Tree Hill would be in my top five, but just outside of that, I would have put Charmed. Um, and then my other out there one that, Nobody would would ever remember is um, a little Canadian show called Orphan Black about clones. So annoying when you say it. I'm like, yes, of course. <laughs> so annoying. But yes, good choices. I like Not it. Nice shows there. And, and Dom, do you have a five? Have you ever nailed it down? I don't think so. I don't think so. We've we've all, we always we always know Star Trek: The Next Generation is in there. We know that the 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 office is now in there, the American version. Um Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers is definitely in there. I rewatched Band of Brothers as well last week. Um Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's only ten episodes, they're only an hour long. It's e- it was easy. Um that was Saturday and Sunday. Um I've been doing Dawson's Creek for a year and I'm <laughs> I've still I'm i I've just finished season five. Because <laughs> you have a baby. Um <laughs> Uh, is Friends in know. there, or are you, you're replacing so. Friends with The Office? Yeah, I think I'd take Friends out. I could probably just play Friends in my head anyway. So everyone, <laughs> yeah. Could. Um, yeah, I've never. Yeah, I'm Friends. not sure. Yeah, you've never watched Friends, and I refuse to. Wow, you should watch oh. it. it. It is awesome. It is awesome. People love it for a reason. Like yeah. you can't take that away from I it. I do not enjoy sitcoms. Or fun or laughter. (laughs) (laughs) I think Friends is Friends is like the ultimate sitcom. You know, it's like what every other sitcom wants to be. Which is why I I can appreciate that everyone likes it, and I can appreciate the um, not the meaning, but like you know, the fandom. Yeah, the, the fandom, and I can appreciate that it's important, and other have tried to c- copy it but nope i'm fine fair when we get round to it simon actually because we we listen to people's um like um tv choices and film choices i'd actually like to discuss music choices um but mm. but one tree hill related so um we can get to that in a minute if we'll carry on with with Kat's choices obviously um I know that she's said at five but I'm sure there's a terrible film that Kat would like to mention as well um and then I, I want to ask a question about music and I'll start with you Simon but we'll, we'll then work our way around with everyone else oh gosh I thought of He's it James. I, I thought of it earlier because I was I was listening believe it or not I was listening to Leonard Skinner uh, or Leonard Skynard um depending on <laughs> you know how mental you are and uh, <laughs> I, I was listening to them earlier because obviously he, the, one of their songs is in the episode that we're covering today. And I was just like flicking for a few songs and then it got me on a like a spiral of li- listening to other stuff. And I was listening to one of their songs and thinking, wow, I can really hear like where sort of Guns N' Roses got some inspiration from because you can hear, you know, some of the tunes and like sound quite similar. And um, I just sort of got into the spiral and thinking, Wow, how, like if this song, if this particular song was in an episode of One Tree Hill, I think it's the sort of song that would fit really well 
and would be great. So I've got a song in mind, but I'll um, I'll mention it at the end, like in in a bit. I'll just do the film bit if you want first. I I'll just say one thing. Ever since you put that pen in your hand, we've been doing this thing, Kim. Amen. <laughs> You've been so much better since that pen got here. That pen needs a lot of credit. Well done, well done, my my big pirate. <laughs> Well, that, hey, this is our next you, advert sponsor. <laughs> this one, our next commercial was Bic Byros. <laughs> hey, do you know something that I have right on um, on my uh, filing cabinet here? When before Dom and I started the podcast for Ravens, I wrote out uh, a plan of how the podcast would go and wrote out what the uh, the intro would sound like, what the intro would be, and I've got it all handwritten, and it's exactly what we use and what we've done. I don't just think in this because you said pen and I don't ever write anything ever. <laughs> um, I think that's quite special. I think maybe if there's ever like a super, super listener like that in Wilmington, when we get there, maybe we should give it to them. Would they care? They probably wouldn't even care, would they? <laughs> no, not Ravens. Fuck it, no. I, I'm, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry, Kat, what's your terrible film? And then Magda will come back for yours. I'm not a huge film, film buff, but I do love the Scream franchise. And after seeing after seeing number five, there was a lot of debate about which one. No spoilers. No spoilers. But you know, there was a lot of debate about which one is the best movie, which one is the worst movie. So. Out of, out of the five, the consensus is very much that Scream number three is the worst. And, you know, e- even though I would also clarify it as the worst, I still think it's it's a good TV movie that is also the worst. Which one does Jamie Kennedy die in? <laughs> Second one. Oh, it's the best one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The third, the third one, I I love. I haven't seen the fifth one yet. I love all the screen movies, and I agree with you. The third one <laughs> um, is bad, but it is good. But you know, they're not. They weren't allowed to use blood in the third one because they were trying to get a like a PG thirteen rating. So there's no blood in Scream Three. I don't think I've ever noticed that. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were like really uh, restricted by a lot of it, um, with things like that. Uh, well, it's funny you say say that, Cat, because our next movie podcast that we're recording is on Scream. Yes. So uh, we can touch on all of those things as we get along, and we're hoping, hoping potentially to have a special featuring guest on that episode, maybe. Courtney Cox. <laughs> Emma. You can talk to all her about friends. Magda will love yeah. it. <laughs> we'll bring Magda on and Magda can just say, never seen it and I don't want to. <laughs> well, Magda, what is your uh, terrible film that you love? Before we get to that, I actually wanted to say, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong about this. But I think there's a two-season TV show, Scream, on Netflix. Mm, I've seen it. I've watched that at one point. Um, But yeah, movie, I don't know if it's a bad movie. I don't know if it's very popular. uh, But I thought it'd be a good time to give it like a shout out here. uh, Because um, the main female character is played by the actress that plays Shelby um, in this episode. 
uh, and it's called mm. the, the movie's called Keith. So it's I, I'm so sorry, I don't remember the actress's name, but yeah, the actress that plays Shelby and then Jesse McCartney um, plays her love interest. Um, it's quite a good movie. Did you say? Did you say it's called Keith or Teeth? Keith. Okay. Have you ever heard of the movie Teeth? No. Anyone? Okay. This is real. Oh, <laughs> you know about it, Dom. I can't believe you're about to explain it. <laughs> Do we want? Okay. To well, because I, I I used to work in Blockbuster, right? And so when these films have come in, we've got to watch them and got to find out. There's a movie called Teeth, and it was. <laughs> I think it was like it was like a horror, it was like a horror comedy, or maybe it was taking it serious. I can't remember. Do you know about this, Dom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right, right, right. Um, well, it was about a woman that in her uh, never regions had a <laughs> had a set of teeth, and uh, she would use them to like you know cause damage, and it was a movie called Teeth. And when Magda said, there's a movie I love called Teeth. Maybe I was definitely not it. So the movie, it's basically, it's high school. They're, like I said, they're kind of like, well, love interest. And the boy has a, I think, is it cancer? But yeah, it's it's a fun, I wouldn't say maybe fun movie, but it's, I would I would recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it for like it's not the best movie ever, but it's nice to like relax on a Sunday evening or something. So, and I think yeah, I, I forgot that it's called like well I didn't forget that it's called Keith, but yeah. So we have two connections: the actress that plays Shelby on one Hill and the name Keith. And I mean, we used to love Keith, or we still do, but he's just not around. So he's in our hearts. And for sure, for sure. Well, Dom, or should I say the Byro? It's here. Let's, it's let's, let's, hear these, let's hear these music questions then. So it's just one question and fairly sensible answers if you can. But if you could hear from one artist or one particular song in an episode of One Tree Hill, what would you like to hear? And something that would kind of fit with within One Tree Hill. So for me, there's a song called Soldier of Fortune by Deep Purple. If Deep Purple ever, ever comes up in One Tree Hill, that episode will probably get a higher number than, than I would normally give it. Um, so there's a song called Soldier of Fortune by Deep Purple. And it's the kind of like slow, melodic kind of song that would really fit really well. So like go and listen to it, people. If, even if it's the sort of music you don't like or listen to, just like kind of picture One Tree Hill in your head. I, I think it would fit quite well at like the end of an episode. Someone's kind of just sort of gently talking over it and it's playing in the background and kind of that finishing ending montage in the last five minutes of the episode. So I'd go with that. So do you have one, Simon, that you would like, like a song or an artist that you would like in One Tree Hill? That, uh, that we well, haven't had. That's, that's a good question. Um, I would say meatloaf, but uh, not like a bombastic song. One of his uh, quieter songs. There's two. There's two that would be amazing. Can I have two? Yeah. And I, I, I can. I'll pick. I'll tell you what. Like the scene sort of would have been right if uh, if someone's if someone's died or passed away. 
and it's like an emotional one, like like a like a Keith situation, then it'd be uh, where angels sing. It's like one of my favorite songs of all time. Actually, I'll say it here now in case uh, you know for record. I I would want it played at my funeral, Dom. So if I die, throw it on there for me, my friend. Um, and then the other one would be uh, Lost Lost Boys and Golden Girls, which is done over a piano. And uh, that would also just be really good if someone was trying to, you know, find their way or their content. You know, Lucas is walking in the dark and he's contemplating at the river court. Uh, it's very, like, subtle um, with Meatloaf's beautiful voice over it. So those would be my two. Perfect. Good answer. What about you, Kat? What would you what would you say? What would you choose? It doesn't have to be anything particularly, you know, mega or profound or anything. It could just be anything you like that you think would fit in an episode of One Tree Hill. Oh, I I don't know if I can think of any one specific song. I'd i yeah. Not I'm not good good with music, but you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a little bit more rock, a little bit more but yeah, I mean the the music on One Tree Hill is chosen pretty pretty well. But yeah, just just something with a bit more edge, a bit more rock. You know, do something different for a night at Trick. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Enough of the uh the sort of emo vibe, a bit yeah. more a bit rocky. Shove that in there. Just have one nice. rock, I like it. one rock night. <laughs> Excellent. Great choice. I like it. And Magdalena, same to you. I was half listening to your choices and half trying to figure out my answer and I'm still not there. I don't know. Um, I don't think I listen to much music that would really fit with One to Hill. So I'm going to go with an answer that I kind of gave at the last watch along we were picking who would play a trick. And I said mm. Maroon 5 and I picked two songs. So one of them already played on the show, which is a classic She Will Be Loved. That was played twice even, as far as I remember. So then I'll just say um, my second choice, which was the song The Sun by Maroon 5. So nice. say that one. Good choices. Because I have no clue what else. Well, thank you all for my experimental first-time question about music, and thank you to the pen. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to the pen. <laughs> I, I know he's pulling the strings here. Now that's a good quote. I love how most people will put glasses on to feel smarter or behave smarter. And Dom needs a pen. All I need is a pen. <laughs> it takes him to that next level. I like it. It's like Nathan trying to take the steroids. You know, in season one, we just need to make sure Dom doesn't hang hang on to that pen for too long because well, otherwise he'll be knocking on my. It'd be knock. Yeah. No God, that would that would send him over. He'd be knocking at my door, you know, like a Hades bedroom. I'll bring him in. I have to stroke his hair, you know, dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, I give him his fluids. We have a good breakfast in the morning. Send him on his way. <laughs> We'd have the breakfast where it's like, you know what? Is it cereal or toast, or is it cereal and then toast? It's both, my friend. It's both. <laughs> God, we'd eat good together. So, um, should we talk about this episode? I, I think that I think that we know that there's potentially a divide. 
and that there could be multiple ways of looking at this episode. <laughs> and I'd like to begin this with a statement that I've prepared. Oh, wow. No, I'm joking. No <laughs> uh, shuffle the papers. I have my own pen. No. Dom, do you think this is a filler episode? Let's just get that off the bat. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to assume I'm going to ask Magda and Kat in this. Well, Kat, is this a filler episode? I would say that if you want to call it a filler episode, it is the best filler episode of the series. And that should not take away from the score or anything like that. <laughs> Just... Okay. But no, I don't I, I, I don't it. really call it a filler episode because you know, I, I know that it only focuses on the teenagers. We don't get any of the adults. Um but it it focuses, you know, a little bit on them and what their future is going to be and maybe it's because we've seen the whole series but these characters I don't know if you noticed them but they dropped a lot of little hints about what they want in their future and because we have seen the whole series you're going to go back and you're going to go when you do rewatch this episode you'll probably go back and go that's when it was decided that's you know that that was a clue that person got it completely wrong their future what were they thinking? But there's a lot Hayley's of... Hayley's not a teacher. She's a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Spoiler. You learn from her husband. <laughs> uh, very, well, okay. very well put, Kat. I think that's, that's you know, definitely a, a thing that I considered uh, when watching it, thinking, you, you know, you will watch it with completed eyes. You know, you've, yeah. you've finished it all. Um, but... I have to say, although I label it as filler, it doesn't take anything away from the episode. I'll just I'll, I'll put that there, and then we'll we'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Well, Magda, is this a filler episode? I, to be honest, I don't even have that much to add after what Kat said. I think she put it really well. I agree with Kat. Um, and Matt, from I don't know if I'm correct in the reasoning why. Don't cause it. I feel, like, I feel like it could be because it's such a short. So it feels like the action doesn't move. But we do find out a lot. So on top of the stuff that Kat said, that we find out what their ambitions and plans for the future are. We also literally like the task on that card is we find out people's secrets, what they're afraid of. So and there's also both either new relationships being formed in those couples or old ones being rekindled. So I think it does move, it doesn't move the um, plot forward a lot because it's a one hour class, but it does move it forward and it opens stuff up for the future. So, Simon, same question to you then about filler, non-filler, and then I'll kind of do my best to explain what filler is in in my head and why I would categorise it as filler. You may or may not agree. Most people probably don't agree, but <laughs> I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the explanation. But I want to kind of hear what you have to think about it first. Uh, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I, 
I think that this is potentially the most important episode in almost the whole show. And I never thought that before. And I didn't even think it when we watched it on the rewatch. But I thought it when I just rewatched it again today. And I say that because... Yes, there are episodes of the show that are amazing and crazy, like the like three sixteen or uh, the state championship final in in uh, a few episodes, you know, a bit back. They're all amazing episodes and high tension and drama and Dante's just run over Haley and all this crazy, crazy shit that we all love. But this is like real stuff that they're talking about in this episode that we all can relate to, and the idea that who you are in high school and who you are defined as by your peers and then the fact that you then get to reshape that when you when you leave and what that what is that going to look like is that going to be a, a positive experience is are you going to find yourself in which way and what direction and all the rest of it uh is so important and i think a quintessential element of what the show is so i think as much as I could see how you could say it's like, actually, I don't know how you could how it could be seen as filler. I guess you, it could be seen like that on a top level, but I, I don't even know. I don't even know how that could be seen that way because even if you don't know what's going to happen going forward, I just think it's interesting that the planning and the changing and the way that it's paired off. Um, and a lot of points that we'll talk about and in terms of how it's written and the arcs that happen for each character just within the singular episode I mean particularly like Bevin and Rachel that's like that's like an arc for Bevin that we we've been waiting to see that's taken four seasons I know she's not in it that often but you know to finally see a snap out of the sort of ditziness and actually yeah she when we'll talk about it the way that Lucas ends the episode with Glenda's mum you know how anyone could ever argue that Lucas isn't the best character in the show <laughs> is beyond me um but you know there's so much greatness here that I think that actually this might be one of my favorite episodes of of the whole show um so my answer to you Dom firmly is no this is not filler but I respect everyone's opinion <laughs> and with that being said Please elaborate upon yours. So I, I actually think, firstly, fantastically well put. And um, I think Kat's kind of um, summary saying that if this is filler, it's the best filler episode, you know, we see the season. Uh, in fact, it's the best filler episode we've ever had. Um, this episode is a great episode. I will say that right from the beginning. And I say that from now because um, there's this, you know, Oh, okay, f- f- commonly, I would say filler episodes tend to be ones that I rate lower because, you, you know, I tend to not enjoy them. You know, the fucking topsy-turvy one, I absolutely despise that episode. <laughs> filler episode, so on and so forth. But this episode was really good and, and very much for exact reasons you said, Simon, in that it was real. We're back to being a bit real. We're back at school. We're building new relationships. We're mending um, sort of frayed relationships. There's There's so much going on with the, the different pairs and, and it's really significant in terms of their character development and their future. However, 
For me, it's filler because we're in a situation that we haven't been in for a while and that we tend to not be in quite regularly. So we're in a classroom probably, you know, a minimal amount ever in One Tree Hill, ever in, in these in episodes. And this one we're in for a slightly longer period of time and then they're off doing a little class project together and then they, you know, finish it off the way they finish it off. But the reason it's filler is because for me there's no continuation of the story from the previous episodes. So the, the last sort of two or three episodes, there's, there's no continuation from that. There's no repercussion from what's happened with Dante. There's no, you know, continuation of... The only thing that's ever really mentioned is, is Deb that trying to commit suicide. Um, uh, but there, there's no kind of resolution. There's no understanding of, of where she is at that time or, or what's happening. There's nothing from Karen. The, there's not really anything to do with, you know, the, the basketball games that have come and then... The, the only real potential for college is skills. There's no one else talking about that. So the storylines that th- this lot will follow, you know, is Lucas still looking into the death of Keith? We don't know. It's not mentioned. And, and this is the reason why this becomes filler for me or why I would categorize this as filler. It's because we have a set storyline. It's talked about for two or three episodes. And then all of a sudden we have an episode where these things are, are dropped and something else goes on. And we, and we yeah, fair, I totally agree. We're looking at the future and the development and this is a good episode, but... It doesn't continue from kind of what we want to learn or what we want to gain from what's already been going on. So for me, it's it's why I would call it filler. I hope that made some sense. But isn't that like real life, though? Like in terms of I've got a lot happening at work at the moment. I've got a lot going on here, a lot going on here. I'm going to go visit my dad for for the day. I go and see my dad, have a great conversation with him. I'm talking and I'm thinking about other things i'm not thinking about all of that other stuff i have an epiphany about how i want to be or what i want to do i want to change my career and then i go back and then actually oh but that conversation i had with my dad i'm gonna change what i'm doing here and i'm gonna change this and change that 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 actually happens like you can't be living within the drama and within everything you've got going on all of the time like quite often when you go on holiday i say you i mean the universal you it's like you get that perspective when you come back on the plane you're like oh when i get back i'm going to change this i'm going to change that because you've had a moment out of it so it's like well so why can't we have that in shows as well because it allows the characters to reset reconfigure and grow and evolve surely that's what you want for the layered writing dom i understand that i understand if you take someone out of a situation that the, the storyline continues yeah in real life but this isn't real life this is a tv show and i understand that they're displaying real life as best as they possibly can but let's take any other tv show you're watching it and then all of a sudden you have an episode where the the plot or the storyline isn't continued you're just watching a completely different episode so filler for me is this episode could be taken out of here and put anywhere absolutely anywhere in in one tree hill timeline that i've seen so far obviously that they're not going to be at high school for long and blah 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 you know so all the people that already you know fucking getting the keyboard fired up to say well i couldn't possibly be in season five because i'm college right right, forget all that shit what i mean is you could pluck this episode out from here and put it anywhere previously and it would fit and it would work theoretically and that that's the point i'm making is that you don't often get that in tv shows where you're watching a tv show and then all of a sudden there's an episode that just is just happening it's just other stuff going on so that's why I would categorize this as filler. And I completely agree with you. You go on holiday, 
shit keeps turning, doesn't it? Things keep happening and the plot line of your life keeps happening mm. when you're not there and then you come back and you kind of pick up from where you left off. And yet, great writing, that's what they've tried to do here. But that's what makes it filler. Sorry, you got me with the keyboard thing. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, Cat Magda, do you, you want to... Any comments on any of that? I just wanted to point out that I noted I was going to say during Watch Along and I didn't, uh, which it doesn't like define whether it, it's not as much deal with whether it's a filler or not. But I think probably, I don't think I can remember another episode that has such a short, like from the start to finish, it's like an hour. Like the action, the actual action of the show is like the episode. It takes, takes mm. an over span of an hour. And I think Dom commented on that on the watch along not sure and that made me think one episode in season eight without saying anything then there's one episode that lychee takes one episode is months and i hate that episode but we'll get there together <laughs> but um i think like normally it's like a couple days or a couple weeks or we have like kind of be, something happened between the episodes so one episode and the next episode is like a week later after something happened and that necessarily isn't like the next day might be a short break there um but for the most part they're like few days to a week i think but yeah this one is funny how it's like so short and then there is one episode that is literally months <laughs> yeah because season there a season is um the first Two seasons to one year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because even right? actually we were set, well, in last episode when Skills was um, talking Nathan into the strip and he said, oh, last year you did so well We're on season four and the boy toy action was season one. But that shows you that is last year mm. for them. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kat, what do you think? Well, the only thing I'd, I'd say is that I don't think you could pop this episode in a season one or a two, maybe towards the end of season three, and, yes, anywhere in season four because I think we're at the stage where we know these characters. I don't think this this episode would have worked well earlier in the, se- earlier in the se- series. Because but you get what know. I mean, that, that, yeah, that I you do. could pluck the episode out and yes. it could fit anywhere in the timeline. It, it yeah. doesn't. It, it's not linear to the rest of the story, to the rest of the plot. It just has to be before they work out what they're going to do with their future as in regards to college and everything. <laughs> Which is I love why the they put it in here. Kat, I love the fact that Kat won't agree with me because then she knows it's filler. <laughs> <laughs> she won't say, oh, yeah, you can move it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Clever. <laughs> I hate my mind. I'm not, I'm not Team Dom. I'm not Team Simon. I'm Team Kat. Thank you. Nice. Got the pen. Wow. Okay, well, there's so much to go through, So that's, uh, but it is going to be nice. This is a nice flow and good episode for podcasting because we can talk about how we get there and then just talk about the pairings, right? As we know, there is one master of synopsing, that's a word, and summarizing, and uh, it is our man, Dom. Dom, break us into the episode Get us, get us into our pairs. Talk to us of how we get into our pairs. So we start off in class. We have Carl. I'm not sure Carl has a surname. Who's our teacher? Um, you're all looking at me stunned, like you didn't know his name was Carl. But his name is Carl. 
because I knew, I knew. <laughs> they, they, they mention it, don't yeah, they? They do mention the it, episode, yeah, because yeah. I wouldn't know otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, essentially, he's uh, talks about categories and groups that that people fit under or are stereotypically, you know, sorted into. Um, and you know, the word like he basically gets someone in the class to um, kind of pick a name or a category for mouth. Uh, and the, the categories that he's picked are jock, prom queen, geek, uh, loner, loner, and friendly. Friendly basically meaning slightly Rachel. And um, it, it's kind of like what category do these people um, uh, fall under? And the girl from the clean teens, whose name evades me, Shelby, Shelby, Shelley, 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 Shelley. Shelley. <laughs> so well, Shelley. I might have called her Shelby when I was recommended the movie season. My bad. That's what. You, that's where I got that from. Um, yeah, she- Shelley. Shelley. So she- no, no. Shelley from no. Clean Teens is asked to categorize Mouth, and she says he's nice. And then the the, the teacher Carl says, "No, no, you pick from one of the categories on the board," and she picks Geek, and it kind of starts off this whole chain of events. And essentially, um, it's it, it's this is what you are now this is kind of what high school has deemed you to be and the category that you've all kind of slotted yourself into but when you leave high school when you've not got a lot of time left you're going to graduate you have the opportunity to rebrand yourself and rebuild and how are you going to do that and what 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 opportunity are you really going to take and and make the most out of your situation to to rebuild your persona or at least give off some sort of different trait to yourself so you're not branded as a geek you're seen as something else you know um you know whatever it might be he might be seen as a sportscaster or something like that you know that that kind of category and they're paired off um you know we'll take nathan's hat didn't need his permission we're just going to take it we're going to put all our names in and we're going to pick one out uh and we have um nathan eventually gets put with peyton and that was thanks to peyton swapping with brooke because uh, peyton actually had chase um, I think that would have been interesting, actually, that, that pairing, because we probably would have seen Peyton stick up for Brooke with Chase a bit, you know, probably give him a bit of stick mm. and say, yeah, she's... Yeah, and give her a bit of stick as well and say, yeah, she's, you know, a, a bit of a div, but, you know, she's lovable, really. Um, so anyway, yeah, Chase ends up with um, with Brooke, thanks to, to Peyton swapping. That, that leaves Peyton with Nathan. Lucas uh, gets... Glenda. Glenda. Oh my God. I was thinking Gladys. Let's get the name right. Uh, Lucas gets uh, Gladys and Mouth ends up with Shelley. Oh, you, you did that on purpose. I thought you actually did it by accident. No, no. <laughs> I was like, I didn't see the pen in his hand. So I didn't... <laughs> uh, uh, Mouth and Shelley. Is there anyone missing? Haley and Skills. Haley and Skills. Of course, alien skills. And um, Bevan and Rachel. And they... Oh, Bevan and Rachel, mm. yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and then they, they go off on their sort of separate journeys to, to fulfil their, their class task, which is to go through this list of uh, five or six things. And it includes, you know, telling each other a secret um, about one another, you know, uh, do a silly impression, and then at the end of it, take a picture um, of how you're kind of... how that person's going to remember you or, or how that person sees you. Um, which I thought was, the yearbook. was quite good. It was quite quite a sort of poignant kind of topic. The the picture was for the yearbook. Yeah. So it was like, that's how you'll be remembered. Yeah. 
yeah, great, 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 great synopsis. Before we go into the pairing, should we talk about the teacher and some of that stuff? Magda, I wanted go ahead. to point out that the teacher's name, Carl, is the same name that the act the actor play is in like um he plays in he's in the Breakfast Club movie. And his character does his own person named Carl. And he's the janitor in there. Uh, but he's quite an uh. important side character in that movie. And uh, I also feel like, not very much, but slightly, like I think putting him in that role of that teacher in this episode, like there is very slight um, inspiration, I think, taken from The Breakfast Club. Obviously, in that movie, it's their go-to, they're in detention. But there is like that whole thing how like everyone's... Um, you know, everyone's like it's kind of similar categories: jog, princess, then and then how how they became almost like become friends and become acquainted over the few hours that they're in detention. Uh, great movie, by the way. And actually, again, without spoiling details, I know there's an episode dedicated to um, like inspired by, well, not The Breakfast Club, but uh, John Hughes. Because I think the episode that they did for him was around the time that John Hughes actually died in real life. So there's like a episode that they did, and at the end it has like a credit saying in memory of him. Um, and even though the the Breakfast Club movie is an older than myself, I think I, it's still one of my favorite movies, and I think it still stands the test of time. So I think it's interesting that like that episode has a bit of inspiration taken from that movie and they use the actor from that movie and he has the same the character has the same name well i I would argue that they lifted the ending out of the breakfast club and plopped it into this episode yeah but so (laughs) the the narration over the top is like the exact thing isn't it i asked a prom blah 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 she said yes like it's very but i think that it's not like they're uh they're it's not like they're doing it and hiding it it's like done as an ode yeah. to yeah. it isn't yeah. it there, a... there's no injustice there it's yeah, <laughs> yeah and yeah, it's yeah. Well how that throat is like it's still valid it was valid over 30 years ago it was valid when this episode came out about 15 years ago it's still a thing it's not exactly the same and like the categories might be say but it's still it's it still happens it's still like we're put into the categories and yeah well that's um well, and even the music choices as well, we'll talk about that, but the, even the music is very much like would fit into the Breakfast Club as well. I know it's not like, I know it's not the same music, but it's that, that kind of vibe to it. But let's talk about it. So, Kat, if you was to have been put into one of them categories in high school, which one would it have been? Which one would you have put yourself in, do you think? It would have either been Geek or Loner, you know, like had a group of friends, but... Yeah, pro- probably geek. And I would have taken offence, but like okay. Meowth did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Magda, which one? Also one of those two. Um, think pro- probably a loner more than a geek. Okay, and Dom? Uh, probably geek as well. Uh, I wouldn't fit in the jock category. I definitely wouldn't fit in the uh, prom queen category. Friendly. Um, probably not very friendly either. <laughs> <laughs> but 
So yeah, we'll go with Geek. What about you, man? Jock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would it, it would have been one of them. It would have been the Geek or the Loner one, but I wasn't, wouldn't have been smart enough to have been a Geek. So it would have been the Loner one. But you know what? The, the thing that's in, important and why it's so important about this is because... There is that point of you finish and you can change and be whoever you want to be. And the fact that, like what Bevin says, we'll talk about it. But, um, like when I when I finished secondary school, I think we've spoken we've spoken about this in different parts before. But um, I had always felt very much like a like loning alone and sort of in the shadows and very much like well behaved. Like, I never misbehaved in school. I never had a detention, anything like that. And then when school finished and I went to what we call college, but would be like the last two years of high school in America, I was terribly behaved. Like, I was really bad. And I think it was mainly looking back now, it was because I was kind of like revolting against that sort of image or of being that sort of person. And then I was a person I didn't really like from like i don't know say 15 16 to about 21 ish um maybe even to like 22 when i met f well basically until i finished uh, education i wasn't really a person that i liked and i did things that you know i'm not proud of and uh you know acted out vandalized stole things all kinds of like terrible things um but I, I also did a lot of good things. I think we've mentioned this, and this is something that I'm trying to be more uh, conscious of as I've gotten older, is that a lot of the times we villainize ourselves, but we also got to remember the good things that we did. But my point here is, is that I think it took me a while to get comfortable with who I wanted to be, like post-school and wanting to be myself. And it took me, I also had friends that I wasn't, probably weren't great influences they probably weren't the the best uh you know kind of people not my kind of people but it wasn't until i went away to camp in america and i was on my own that i sort of addressed and sort of gained my identity of who i wanted to be as an adult and as i was growing up and i wasn't until even recently or when we when the lockdown started i started doing like an inventory in my mind uh or for the last few years probably since my late 20s really or maybe early turning 30 of all of the things that i did in that period or over my life that i didn't like and that i wasn't proud of and you know and how i could balance that out whether that means donating to charities donating to places putting money in different places and whatever or reaching out to people or whatever to balance everything out to finally feel right with everything and took all kinds of things therapy lots of stuff and I guess what my point is is I don't think until I was about 30 three zero in age did I feel fully comfortable with everything that I'm doing and who I am and I even to a point like as an example like today at work I had a meeting with um like the top franchise solicitor in the country like as in the highest of the high super professional and I had my meeting with her in here with this background and everything and I was leading the meeting like she was working for me today and and it was just like I was so comfortable 
because this is who I am. It doesn't make any difference. Do you know what I mean? Like I made a career off of just when I start. Anyway, my whole point is, is that uh, this stuff matters so much because I felt labeled or self-labeled or whatever. It took such a long time from that period to feel comfortable with who I am. And, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. And some people don't ever get there or ever feel comfortable with where they are. And I think that is why this episode was so important. I was saying to Don before this, this is what I was going to say to Don before you guys got on, but we didn't have enough time because I couldn't get my son to go to sleep and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I really just monologued for a while. But uh, that's why I think this episode is so important because this is stuff that people really do go through. The end. Well said, man. <laughs> but uh, okay, so sorry. So who 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 do we want to talk about? Like, which pairing should we talk about first? Like, you I feel like Kat should choose the first pairing, first pairing because you woke up at four a.m. for this. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll go with what Kat. I mean, my favourite pair is Skills and Haley because they just are. They're just they're brilliant and they're brilliant together. Right. So tell um, tell us about. Do you want to tell us about us, or do you want do you want Dom to synopsize through, or how do you want to do it? Yeah, I mean, I've I've got I've got some notes, but let's go, let's go. You know, it was it was just more about yeah what what happened between them. So you know, Skills and Haley. They're friends, but I'd probably put them more as acquaintances. Um, and this episode, this class, puts them as friends. And going forward, I think that's, I think it's important. Um, but you know, they they have you know they get paired off. They go to the rooftop. I don't know why. The show, the director just liked to. <laughs> put them in put them in a location like that but they do and they have they have moments between each other where the little naily baby kicks i don't know if that was for the first time and skills is there um you know they have their their impressions we don't get to see skills which is disappointing but <laughs> we get to see see Haley. Um, she does she does the Mary Kate and Ashley, and she does the Joey over Dawson and Pacey. So good. Um, and there's there's another one in there that um, I don't think I I know the the reference to um, when she's holding up the the crutch. Um, Was that like Scarface? Scarface. Okay. Say hello to my little friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. She did it terribly though. Terribly. terribly well um you know we, we we get a we get Haley saying for the first time that, that clowns scare her we've heard that before from nathan um and then Haley talks a little bit about you know teaching for her you know a light goes on and that might be something that she wants to do because she likes that moment when someone gets what she's trying to explain to them what she's trying to teach them in tutoring but then she also says that she's very disconnected which I thought was was interesting um but you know skills was there and you know he was you know he was just 
been his positive self about her future, her baby's future. You know, I think he, he makes the quote that the the kid is going to rock the place. Um, and then from there, it's it's his side, which is all about what's his future. Is he going to get into college or is he going to go basically take take after his dad and go work in a factory for the rest of his life? And, you know, he's he's got the letter from the college, the very, very thin letter, the one-page <laughs> yeah. letter. And, it looked like a dear John, didn't it? For real. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. <laughs> um, you know, and he, he, you know, that's his secret. He, he can't open it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to know whether or not his future is to, is to go to the factory, and then Haley opens it and she tells him, "Yep, you're going into the factory because you've got to tell your dad you're into college." And I thought that was a really, really sweet moment between them. And then their photos are just skills lifting Haley up. I don't know why, but sure, lift up the pregnant woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then... On a roof. On a roof. <laughs> and then With the probably, already broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably the, the whole reason why they are on the roof is so that, so that his photo is with factor in the background but he's holding up that college acceptance letter and yeah you know they're kind of they they form an actual friend friendship in this episode nice that was great that was a great synopsis um and um magda how do you feel about that about that part of the episode they were definitely they were one of my two favorite pairings from this episode um, and how Kat said they they seem more like up until now acquaintances because they have we haven't seen them on screen as friends, but at the same time we have to remember that actually they they, they they've been friends since they were kids because they're both with Lucas they were friends um, the River Court, so it's nice to see them show us that friendship now after we've like barely seen them interacting. Um, to see how like they've known each other for years they, they they're friends uh they're supportive and stuff like that a few things i wanted to mention uh, i think i did a great job with the synopsis and covered most of it few things that are just like little points one do we think the background was an actual background was it um green screen because i like when they first come in, when it's that really big one, it looked a bit green screen to me. But I don't know. So that's my first question. My second point is, we someone pointed out during watch along as well, and I think even did you not pause during the? We can see uh, fake yes. belly when she's like lying on, and so that's another thing. And my third point, one thing I didn't like was when. Um, Haley was doing the um, Olsen sisters impression because it's pretty well known they were they had uh, eating disorders and she's kind of making fun of that and I did not like that part. Mm, yeah, some early two thousands. Yeah, like that. Probably that wouldn't fly now, would it? Um, well, I, with regards to the background, I thought it was real, but I'd have to look at it again because may, maybe it wasn't. But it looked like in it some was, parts I'd it looked real, it. and then in some parts I wasn't sure. And one more thing I forgot to mention because um, 
Kat more was saying her oh, acceptance to college. I don't think it was more as much like, oh, would he get accepted? It was more like even if he got accepted but didn't get the scholarship, he wouldn't be able to go. So it's more about the scholarship than just getting accepted to college as a then because obviously if his father is working six days a week in a factory, they definitely won't be able to afford college for him if he doesn't get it on a scholarship. Yeah, for sure. For real. <laughs> Dom, your thoughts? Uh, I have to say a really enjoyable pairing. Um, and I really thought um, uh, Haley for me, became less Haley, And it was brilliant. Uh, and I actually sort of warmed to Haley a lot more in this episode uh, than on, on, like, other episodes, you know, because she's um, always playing that sort of concerned, whispery kind of character mm. kind of person ever since she sort of come back and finally got back with Nathan and, and things are sort of settling down between them. It, she's sort of been a bit, dare I say it, dull? But in this episode, we really got the opportunity to see like a bit more of the fun side and, a, you know, a bit more of the, um, you know, the fun, funny kind of character that she, she really is. And having her spend time with skills, for me, it felt like they're, they're friends by association. They're friends because they're both friends, really good friends with Lucas. And it's the opportunity for them to hang out just uh, uh, as a pair together and really get to know each other again and get reacquainted um, and I think, you know, Kat, you kind of, you, you said it already that they were like acquaintances. And I think that is, they've probably spent a lot of time together, but always with that third or fourth person there. You know, Lucas has always been there. Mouth has always probably been kicking around. So, you know, her interactions with skills have probably never really been that, that much or that in depth. So it was really nice to see them have that time together and actually seem to share this really good bond um out of it and I, I have to say i really enjoyed the pairing i thought they were they were funny um and yeah it just it just felt good and natural and w- one thing that i think cat kind of touched on as well that i really hope for the future is that this these pairings mean something going forward and these pairings really sort of like kick off in terms of like like Haley and skills will become better friends and you know they'll support each other a little bit more and they might have a little bit more you know screen time together and the same for you know lucas and glenda and you know mouth is obviously you know get, getting his end away with <laughs> shelly and you know, you know <laughs> so on and so forth but you know i really hope these pairings now become future pairings for future episodes simon what did you think nice. about this pairing <laughs> uh yeah great i firstly can't believe Magda didn't say it, but shout, shout out to Haley's hair. I think looks nice. Got a new I'm dude. so sorry. I did say it on the watch along in the chat. He has great hair. Thank you. Apologies. <laughs> I fell off a bit here. And I like what you were saying, Dom. It feels like we've got more like season one, early season one Haley. You know, when she was with the scenes where she's like friendly with Lucas at the beginning and sort of seeing some of that elements back so it's nice and yeah the um when watching it today it kind of reminded me of what you said on the last episode of the podcast about how uh about skills as a character and i think that he actually dates this Mm. um because of his style and how he's dressed and everything it's all very much quintessential like hip-hop from 
the early 2000s, you know, with the crazy baggy clothes and everything, um, where, you know, well, hip hop has changed so much in 20 years, um, barely even <laughs> like hip hop anymore, you know, like mumble rap and things. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, yeah, his his style actually does date it a little bit, which is funny because the rest of the characters kind of wear pretty uh, plainish clothes except for ferret face chase that's wearing every kind of graphic on a hoodie possible uh no it's nothing but just a labyrinth of a maze on a hoodie headache um but yeah uh but no i love skills and uh yeah i think it was great oh cat you kind of didn't give your opinion so you gave, gave us the facts what do you think about it I, I just really like really like this pairing because yeah they've you know they've they've grown up together they've been around each other but no I don't think they've ever spent one on one time with one another and I think it is an important friendship that could be formed between them that could go on to go on to in in the future and you know I just yeah I I really I really like that they base a lot of it on skills and getting into college or, you know, whether or not it's the scholarship side of it. Um, and, you know, yeah, Haley gets to be a bit fun, you know, with the impressions. Um, and then, you know, she she has that more serious side to her about what her future is going to be as a mum, what, she, what, she, what she's going to do going forward. And, yeah. Excellent. Well, let's leave. I just want to add one thing about their storyline. One thing it really resonated with me as well was um, Haley saying when when people get it, when when she's teaching someone and they get it, and and it really like that that works for me as well. Like when I'm teaching someone something from you know whatever it may be, from you know what I do in my job to helping someone with something or martial arts, whatever, and then they suddenly get it and they click and you see the switch you see it happen that's such a great feeling just as uh, you know someone's imparting a bit of wisdom and and uh, I, that resonated with me like their little storyline the most i think so oh. i'll just add that in. before we move i just nice. wanted to say that i disagree with simon regarding um kills oh fashion uh age in the show everyone's fashion age is the show the juicy coutures in season one and two the low-waisted skinny jeans that all the girls are wearing um season five the belts the, the stuff of nightmares for me personally very mid to like early 2010s it's over like it is very especially you can see that with like or um peyton this season with her quarter length leggings and then like ankles with that and the, the mini skirts over the quarter leggings. That is such a specific time wise look. So I'd say you can, from watching the show, you can tell it's, it's not just skills. Don't blame just skills, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess for someone that's a bit more fashion blind, maybe his. <laughs> style is just a bit more obvious maybe let's just say in you know in terms of the the just very baggy jeans but i <laughs> and hey i used to i used to wear the in that in that exact era the 
baggiest jeans like as in you know a family could live in them jeans <laughs> you know they were so baggy um so i'm with it it's just uh maybe that's all it is it's because i used to dress dom you can attest to this right i dressed in some baggy was it jenko jeans was it no, I actually had the Fubu jeans. I was I was fully everything. I loved it. I was fully into uh, the bagginess. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, let's Magda. Who are we going? Who are we going with? Next? My second favorite pairing, uh, Nathan and Peyton. And do you want to tell us about? Um, him? Yeah, before I do, I wanted to say when Dom was saying about how obviously Peyton and Brooke swapped. I wanted to say that actually I would love to see Brooke and Nathan because I feel like I feel like I would love to see more of their friendship because I feel like they're basically opposite the same characters but opposite sex. A lot of their stuff like they're got like they're both from kind of broke like their their parents are fairly absent. Brooke's more than Nathan's, but still he's not growing up in a great that his his family situation is the best. They're both rich. They're both like conventionally hot or whatever. So like they have a lot of similarities. So I would love to see their friendship more. But yeah, I think Peyton, seeing Peyton and Nathan rekindle their friendship after obviously we know we like they the show started with them dating. I think that was really nice. So and I like how when they leave the classroom so the whole thing starts with them joking about how well this is almost like that time during the Boito auction because they also ended up together um and i like like peyton's comment was like where he was like oh mine is the nudity and kissing and and she was like well the, the, the night or the day is still young so that was quite fun um they go into first they go into the gym uh where nathan is um, taking her there to show her something to do with the assignment, which is to tell, was it the part about telling a secret? Uh, and he, he he tells her how when he was younger and his dad was making fun of him for being too skinny to be uh, able to play basketball professionally. He uh, was um, started going to the gym every day uh, and... Um, he says that actually it wasn't. It was partly because he obviously wanted to prove his dad wrong, but it was also also because um, he was he started dating Peyton and he was inspired. She was his like inspiration almost for that. And every time he benched another like wait, I'm not. I, I actually part time work at a gym, but I have no clue about gym equipment because I'm a reception, so don't know. But he would put PS for her every time he reached like the next goal. And it was quite nice. Uh, so, so he was oh, we, we, and after telling her the story, he kind of like reminisces, and then he's like, "Oh, we, we were pretty good together." And then uh, I love the scene where she grabs his hand and is like, "Okay, give me your hand, feel this." And it turns out that she broke a knuckle uh, after one of their million fights and breakups, uh, and that they're actually as a couple they were terrible. But as we can see, they're probably way better off as friends um and then after the gym they go into the the, the basketball court the, and um so i can't remember what what was that 
Peyton was afraid of or the secret. I remember the stuff that Nathan said more than the stuff that Peyton said, which you guys going to have to help me fill in. But uh, Nathan talks about a lot of like being afraid to be of um, how he's going to be as a father. Um, but then uh, as far as like his ambitions and what he thinks he's going to do or what he wants, He's more focused on everyone else around him. Like he says, as far as as far as like my friends and family, like my my wife, my son will be okay. I'll be okay. So he's not like as focused as on his own um, ambitions and all his own things. As long as everyone else around him is okay, uh, which Peyton calls him out on in a sense that, like she says, this is great. Like it shows your growth as a person, and it's amazing that you care and uh, so much about everyone around you, but also sometimes put yourself first because we don't want you ended up like done with regrets and like harboring different feelings because you didn't get your dream either um and then he made he he talks about i think his secret is that deb almost um overdosed and he he shares how he it actually like it didn't make him sad straight away. Like it almost made him relieved because obviously of all because of all the problems he's been causing uh, lately, which turns into like obviously because Peyton loves both of her mums, um, so it becomes like a kind of an awkward moment. I don't know if like he realized realizes why it becomes like this awkward silence for a second and then Peyton breaks it up by saying that she cannot whistle which same <laughs> so <laughs> can't whistle to save my life um, uh-huh. so yeah I think that I, I can't remember all the stuff that Peyton said so if someone wants to fill in that'd be great Dom you feel I think you got a lot of it, to be fair. I think a lot of it was swayed towards Nathan. I think we saw this in, in a lot of the pairs that it was, um, they were kind of heavily leaning t- to one person in particular. Um, and I, I, I completely agree. I, I really like the, the Nathan Peyton dynamic as, as friends. Um, and I think they, <laughs> um, <laughs> like in terms of their relationship, what? I don't know. I think, why I, is I think, that? Funny? No, I think I was thinking about the, the etching on the equipment that Whitey would just be in an absolute rage that someone has, <laughs> has scratched in like PS all over the, the equipment. Um, that they haven't removed it. It's still there. Yeah. Then no one's been able to, to change it. I guess it's, I guess he's actually like scratched it in rather than like writing it on. But yeah, I, I, th- I think they're all kind of leaning heavily in one direction. And, and in th- this case it was kind of, you know, what does Nathan want and what's Nathan going to get out of this? And we understand, like, from the pictures that they take at the end, obviously you were telling me it's kind of an iconic picture with Nathan holding the basketballs, like, in front of the Raven picture um, poster. And um, Peyton's picture, obviously, you know, kind of being surprised and having a picture taken, still a bit raw from Psycho Derek. So, yeah, she, she likes smacks him in the face, which, you know, I thought that was really good. Um, but them as a pairing is great. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying them as a as a pair and as good friends. I think what really helps is that Peyton has seen firsthand um, the effect Dan has on Nathan, and I think that really sort of come, came through in this episode and really and really kind of shows like his change and her understanding of him changing and his like new level of maturity. 
and that that kind of explained the hug at the end and the pat on the back it's kind of like you're doing a good job mate and you, you're going to be great at this so just look after yourself every now and then and yeah and, and that was it uh, i i guess peyton's storyline was just kind of look after nathan and give him that encouragement i don't really remember any major detail from peyton as well i think it's funny I, i've only just realized it now i didn't even think of it before this just reminds me yeah this reminds me of um that scene was it in the beginning of season three with when Peyton is in the gym with Lucas and then Dan comes in and try choking um Lucas because when you when when Dom said about how like she's seen the effect that Dan has on him it's interesting because she sees the effect Dan has on Lucas and on Nathan so last time it was more the effect of Dan on Lucas when they were in the gym and now she's mm. in the gym with Nathan and she sees she like we have the conversation about what Dan how Dan affects them so yeah good good symmetry Kat what did you think about all of uh, Nathan and Peyton yeah I, I like them as, as a pairing you know just sort of re-establishing that they are friends you know they got past their awful awful relationship and um and Peyton could really you know see what what who Nathan is who he could be and focus him on it's okay to you know focus on yourself and your own dreams Mm -hmm. you know thinking about everyone else is the most sweetest thing he can do but it's also important to think about yourself. And exactly, she she has that point of view um, about Dan going, you don't want to be like that, um, mm. you know. And then, yeah, all the dev stuff is quite, is quite serious and, you know, the feeling of relief, um, you know, you, you can actually understand that after a lot of the stuff that Deb has put him through that, you know, if he wasn't getting phone calls to say, you know, or seeing that she's been arrested, she's on drugs, she's back in rehab, and, you know, the constant circle of those things happening, you can kind of understand why relief might be something that he would think, even if it is just for an instant. Um, mm. And, and yeah, we, we, we don't get a lot of a lot of Peyton, and, yeah, they... They decide to use the whistle thing as breaking all the tension between them. <laughs> That's ridiculous, but <laughs> but it's, it's it's quite a quite a funny moment that they break the tension that way. So yeah, I like them. Yeah, it's it's a sweet moment, and it's more good episodes for Peyton. Like she's really, it's a good season for Peyton as a character. I think it shows a lot of her. Uh, good qualities so that's good uh let's go on to the next one i let me i'll do one let's go for let's talk about lucas and glenda we have to um so lucas can't remember or doesn't know glenda's last name right that's what that's where it originates in the classroom before they even get paired off and then they do get paired off and as most of these uh apart from skills and Haley and Nathan and Peyton okay maybe half of these uh pairings they start kind of hostile and then 
you know, move in to uh, sort of melting and being like the opposite of at the end. And it starts a bit like that with Lucas and Glenda because she's taken offence that, you know, he doesn't know her last name. She explains to him that she's got a, a bad relationship with her mother, which we did know about from the school shooting episode, but, you know, it sort of continues. Mm. And that her mum was... And in this, again, it's like good writing because it's showing that, uh, you know, the mum was labelled in high school and she's held on to that label beyond, you know, with the fact that she was labelled as popular and all the rest of it. And now she's a mum and she still thinks of herself as like the popular popular kid and whatever, but she, her daughter is not, you know, and is in a different category. So again, sort of, that's really good writing there. And that... Uh, she basically treats Glenda horribly because because of that, and uh, Glenda pretends to be on the pill to, um, you know, so that her mum thinks that she's having sex, and her mum doesn't even care, and that causes them to to rift and to not be talking. And she's sharing this with Lucas, while Lucas shares with her that he has been writing uh, writing a book. Uh, and that he wants to be a writer, and uh, they're talking about being goth and all of that sort of stuff, and uh, it's great. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jump to the end, and then we can just go around and unpack it. But I know I'm missing out parts, but uh, I love the part. I love how it ends. That Lucas makes the point of going over to her in the car in front of her mum and saying, "You know, I really enjoyed spending time with you today." And could you look at this? I need someone I can trust to have a look at it. And then the point of, and the narration goes perfectly with it, you know, and I learned Glenda's last name. And he says, you know, you know, nice to see you, Mrs. Farrell, Farrell. I didn't learn her last name. <laughs> it's one of, one of those two. Farrell, is it? I thought Farrell, Farrell yeah. Farrell, Farrell. Close okay. to Farrell. Was a and... tropicalist episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I was at the vets this morning, and that and there was a ferret sign there for the same ferret that's missing. I put I put a picture in the Discord, people. You can check it on there. It was real. Um, but it just is such a it's such a sweet moment and um, and a real moment. Like there's, I know that people have had moments like that, or I feel like I like to think I've had moments like that where you've just thought this is a it's like a kind moment but it's also sincere like you know that lucas isn't just doing that for appearances he made the point of giving her you know his uh draft it's more than just like he's someone that they're now friends you know i loved it i love it i love it i love it cat what did you think about lucas and glenda it is such a good lucas episode um you know he starts off down the bottom when he just doesn't know her surname and you you look at that and go, mate, you've probably known Glenda 10 years. You've been at school with her for, you know, probably going on 10-something 10, 10 years now. How can you not know her surname? But then he does what Lucas does and he does rise to the top and, you know, he, he listens to her when she's talking about her mum and... You know, and then he right at the end exactly he makes the point of making you know very clearly stating to Mrs. Farrell that 
Glenda does have a friend. Glenda does have a have a guy. You know, he's not pretending to be her boyfriend or anything like that, but he's just making <laughs> making the point that you know what. I was going to say something so inappropriate, but I'm not, so keep going. Um, and then, then from his side, a lot of it is to do with with his dreams of, you know, that we basically hear, hear, hear him say that basketball was his dream. That can't be his dream anymore. So he's going on with his second dream, which is writing, and then he says, you know, I think he says, you're holding my second dream. It would be really tough to find a third dream. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I love his I love his impressions moments as well. That's that's gold. I think his impression's pretty good of Jack Sparrow, right? Yeah. No? Oh, it's fantastic. It's the second time I we've seen it. Good. It's not bad. It's okay. That's what I was going to say because he was good. dressed as Jack Sparrow in that uh, whole, how, like the episode where it wasn't Halloween. Yeah, that's why I didn't say Halloween. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the masquerade or whatever we want to call it, when obviously like Nathan was Batman, uh, yeah. Brick was the Devil, all that stuff. He one of his options was Jack Sparrow. So yeah, that was a cool callback to that. His. Um... Gollum was really good. I thought, I thought he did that pretty well. Or is it Elmo, as uh, Glenda thought? <laughs> and Magda, was it, did you like it? You like Lucas and Glenda? I did like this pairing. Yes, um, I was going to say with the whole you holding my second dream, it'd be hard to find the third one. I could kind of relate in a sense that, like, my first dream as a child was being a um, speed ice skater, and that's what I was training for. And then I was wow. And then I was I went to sports school for that because my mom used to ice skate, so she took me ice skating. Where I was like two years old, I could barely walk, but I was ice skating. <laughs> um, wow! So that was my nice. first dream. Then because of my health issues, that stopped. Um, then my second dream was dancing, and I danced for like th- three years. That again, my health issues came back. So clearly, my dream cannot be tied to a physical, <laughs> physical uh, job or whatever activity. activity yeah, mm. my third dream is being a stylist, which I have done, but I haven't done it like full time. And now, since the pandemic, haven't really gone back into it. So right now, it's a bit. Everything's a bit under pressure. Like. I'm in my 30s, no clue what the hell I'm doing with my life. But, um, yeah, that whole thing with, like, finding a new dream once one. And I think it's also a bit of a correlation where, yes, for him, the reason the basketball is not working is because of his health. And for me, it was kind of similar that the physical activity dreams didn't work because of my health as well. So I I could... uh, um, I found that scene quite, like... I could can find the word I, think I could relate yes um with glenn i think actually as far as glenda what, what i was thinking when you simon were given the synopsis um it's interesting how glenda's mom was labeled this kind of goes into what later bevan says which i'm sure obviously we'll get to where it's like 
So she had like the positive label, I suppose, right? So she was the prom queen in high school. And she never kind of got over it. So for her, high school was the best it got. And then now she's holding on to that. Some of those labels that we have, there's obviously people that will want to go over that label, but there'll be more more chance that like the people that have those like good labels, like uh, uh, the jock and the prom queen, they might want to hold on to those. Whereas the geek and loner, there's the ones that, we want to overcome it's like i don't think anyone wants to feel like a loner or a geek after they finish school but interesting showing her that like she had that positive label and she's still holding on to it rather than um evolving beyond that it's like she's still stuck in high school right and i think that's the overall message is regardless if it's a positive label or negative label whatever is that it's over you gotta move on and and not be labeled anything just be who just be yourself and who you want to be and that it's toxic to hold on to any of this stuff but part of us growing up as people and finding ourselves that is the we all go through it and it's difficult and whether you know there are people now that are in their 40s 50s 60s whatever whatever age doing jobs they don't like living in houses they don't really care about in relationships they don't they don't care about all these kind of things that there are people that don't ever get there you know and um so that's not to be taken for granted um it's rough and uh but we must strive to be happy with ourselves and be true to ourselves you know and yeah and and the, the only label that's important around here is what dom rave <laughs> well, Dom, what did you think about uh, about Lucas and Glenda? A really good journey. It was nice to see them uh, go from knowing very, very little about each other and and having these, you know, preconceived ideas of one another. Like one's a quiet, lonely goth that doesn't want to have friends, and the others, uh, you know, I guess they they were labelled a jock who. Um, only really has one objective and that's to win basketball games or whatever and, and you know it was nice that Glenda got to saw got to see sorry another side of Lucas as well as Lucas really learning and finding out a lot more about Glenda and how harsh her mum is and like badly treated she kind of is and feels and um, it, it just him having that opportunity to really stick up for her and, and make her look you know not necessarily popular popular is probably not the right word but you know she's a somebody to lucas in front of the mum and and that was a really really important moment and to me it's it's almost like um a little bit of redemption um for what happened with jimmy this is an opportunity to to make someone who um is feeling left behind and is feeling a bit lost and is um in a category that they they probably don't want to be in, almost certainly don't want to be in, but, you know, they've ended up in because other people don't go that way or don't want to talk to them or, you know, have alienated them for a reason, you know, like mostly because, you know, teenagers are spiteful dickheads. Um, And I think for Lucas, this is the perfect way to kind of redeem the, the whole Jimmy situation and that he was ignored 
and lost contact with everyone and, and didn't really have anyone to turn to. And now Lucas has, you know, kind of filled that slot for someone else now and is, is saying, you know, do you know what? Actually, I, I am here and I am someone you can you can talk to. And I want to share something of mine with you. And my, my biggest fear is that I, you know, I can't do the basketball that I love and I can't do this and I can't do that. But um, I want to be a writer. And if I'm terrible at that, then, you know, what have I got left? So... I want someone's honest opinion and you'll be honest with me. So please read, read this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of him, his opportunity to open up to someone uh, as much as it's his opportunity to protect someone uh, and potentially stop another school shooting. <laughs> I did. I brought up to Amber, the actress that played Glenda. I brought up to her our potential theory of her being the second shooter. Mm. And I think she found, she found it funny. <laughs> uh, and she said that, Filming these scenes in this episode with Chad was really good and really nice and he was great to work with. We knew that, of course we knew that. <laughs> um, okay, I good. just wanted well, to point uh, out, I feel like we've been robbed of a Glenda photo. I know we get it at the end, but everyone gets a photo before the class ends and her photo is after class when she's in the car. Cop out, don't like that part. They should have tried harder. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that was a bit missed. But also we get Lucas as a goth as well, which we forgot to yeah. mention, uh, which is a good, you know, aesthetic, a good, dare I say, Dom, juxtaposition. Is it really Dom with his eyeliner getting stronger and stronger? <laughs> yeah, it's true. He was always bound for this destination, yeah. really, wasn't he? Uh, okay, let's let's move on. Dom, take a pick, my friend. We've got Bevin and Rachel. We've got Mouth and Shelley, and we've got Brooke and Chase, and we've got Judgments. Hashtag Make Them Wait is going to be incredibly long tonight. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? Who are we going? I, I reckon we can like smash through Mouth and Shelley to be honest, because let's let's go through them. Oh, uh, that's what Mouth's trying to do. <laughs> isn't he? I think that's the problem. <laughs> so, hey, Shelley, go to your locker now and get the leather pants, yeah. please. And take your top off. <laughs> like, Jesus, Mal. Call me dangerous. Come on, I'm just going to write on your chest because she couldn't write teen, could she? Had to be him. Mouth so thirsty in this episode. <laughs> so thirsty. The python is hitting like a motherfucker, right? <laughs> oh my God. You got... <laughs> oh, God. This is. Okay, got to stop. Can't do it. Cat, you know, I feel I can't make some jokes sometimes. I like look down there and I see you and I'm like, no, nope, not while Cat's here. I can't while Cat's here. Can. I just you don't can. want it. I just don't. I just I'm don't glad want you don't it, uh... have that problem with mum around. No, I don't. I don't. It's Cat. I just don't want to disappoint you. Magda, it's okay. But, <laughs> No, make all make all the mouth jokes. <laughs> he is just, just yeah. He just wants it. Like, she's never get, She's never going to be able to repent her virginity again from that, is she? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no coming back from the pipe. Sorry, go on, Dom. Tell us. Um, okay, so uh, Malf and 
Shelley go off. Mouth is actually quite hostile to begin with um, because he's like, why did you say geek? But actually, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the categories on the on the board, that's pretty much all she could say. And she did say nice. Uh, and then, yeah, she quite quickly says, well, maybe I shouldn't have said nice at all, you know. Sorry, can I quickly just add that the categories as well, there's not enough categories <laughs> for anyone really. Like as in what you're either if you play sports no you're a geek where you're <laughs> yeah. what else what else have you got you've yeah. got nothing else like I, I guess it's part of the lesson though isn't it is you know everybody is is kind of categorized or or um like funneled into some sort of category at least so you know what what category are you and he he just he, the teacher kind of just picked five and was like, okay, out of those, where do you see that person? Rather than I these are the only Jimmy's. five. I preferred Jimmy's categories from when he was about to shoot people when he was just like, the stoners are medicated in the blood. <laughs> because he gave more categories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, to- Sorry, totally on. agree. But it's, but, um, the categories were a bit of a callback to the Breakfast Club as well. That's why there was five, and that's why they were kind of like that. Yeah, almost certainly. Good point. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, Shelley and Mouth, they get to uh, go off together. <laughs> it's a really rocky start as well. Um, and then we get to kind of going through the list a little bit. And once they start sort of, mouth basically comes over and says you know let's start again and once they have that opportunity to start again it things start to improve and get, and get a lot better and they open up to each other and then they, they seem to go along this curve of really starting to like each other and um i keep going, going to call her glenda but um shelly sort of really opens up to mouth and i i think mouth takes that as um like quite surprising and not expecting it and they they both explain that their fears are, are each other you know he, she, he's afraid of her because you know she's really attractive and he struggles with talking to to attractive girls and, and finds it difficult and but really likes her <laughs> and then you know she says actually my fear is you because i'm a clean teen and i'm you know you're hot or whatever is, is what she says and it kind of progresses from there and then yeah we get the i guess probably not so famous t-shirt worthy picture moment but a famous picture moment of her standing there half naked with the word teen written across her chest rather than clean teen um and that yeah the the speech over the top of uh i was going to go to prom and she said yes and you know she kind of whispers yes in the air and they take a picture together which is quite nice so the the, the future kind of outlay is that that they're together they go to prom and there might be something more that comes from that. And the glass... Uh, nice. Good job, as always. And Mal putting the glasses on is the same as that guy in the breakfast club puts the glasses on, doesn't he? So I, symmetry. I mean, that. to be fair, we were one fucking Simple Minds song away from the actual breakfast club, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emilio Estevez is about to walk in. <laughs> not, not a bad thing. I think they did it in a nice way, but definitely it's very strong inspiration. Hmm. I just can't wait till they do the Home Alone episode next. <laughs> Mouse McCauley. Kat, what are we thinking? Shelly, Mouth, you love it? You hate it? Yeah, I, I like it. You know, I mean, they, they go really, really deep and meaningful on, on Shelly's side and, you know, sharing her past and and whatnot um, and how she 
came up with clean teens and whatnot, but then you've got Mouth lightening the mood with his sports announcer impression um, and clearly indicating that sports announcing is what he wants to pursue, whether or not he will, whether or not he can, <laughs> to be determined. But, yeah, you know, it kind of yeah, it gets, gets to the point where exactly she says he's hot. I don't think he's ever heard that from a girl before. So he's just like, I'm hot, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this done. He thinks he's running a temperature. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just yeah, I'm, I'm 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 sure if that class ran longer, he would have been trying more than a kiss. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Paley might not be the only person ending the year prepping. <laughs> that could still happen. Uh, you can just see you, you can just see after after the picture as well. She's standing there holding herself, and you could just see Mouth being like, "High five!" He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, "Did I see a boob?" <laughs> Let's go ten up high. <laughs> Mouth's best day ever. <laughs> Magda. What we say, yeah, I think it was quite a really nice pairing. Uh, I think it also showed how so obviously, a mouth at first, when they're supposed to share, share a secret, he just says his middle name, like he was like, Obviously, we're not gonna actually share a real secret, are we? And then she does, and I think it shows that actually, sometimes I think like that's how I, I saw it that sometimes it's easier for us to tell our secrets to someone that we don't to like a stranger. I had a situation like that. Is this something that's happened that I've like I shared? Um, I've actually literally yesterday shared that secret with a second person. But the first time I shared it a few years ago with someone that I just met online and I'm not like that close to because obviously you don't know each other in real life. Uh, but it was easier to share it with that person them with yeah. people around me so I think that kind of shows that her sharing that maybe we don't obviously we don't know that much about her so we don't know if everyone else or if her friends know this about her if maybe there's one person she's she told this to or maybe possibly she hasn't never shared that with anyone but she felt like it's easier to share with someone new than with people doing. so I thought that was like a nice uh, way of showing and I have to say that her photo is my it's not as iconic as Dom have uh, guest, but it is my third favorite picture from this assignment after Brooks and Nathan's. So, just a little nice. And uh, Ma- uh, Magdalena's secret is, of course, where the bodies are, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been Mouth's secret as well if he'd <laughs> shared it properly. Yeah. And my secret is I don't have a middle name. <laughs> <Three>. <laughs> Nice. It's okay, I've got two. Uh, I've got one for you as well. Perfect, thanks. I'll t- <laughs> you do have two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my middle my middle name is Daniel and when I uh, uh we were getting the kitchen done, I had to sign some stuff in, in like the showroom and uh the guy that was sending us the kitchen, he was like and you know, full name and I was like, Oh, it's S D, you know, my last name. And he was like, oh, what does the D stand for? And I just looked him in the eye and said, dangerous. <laughs> Are you close? 
Do you know, I I was really like I was in a weird mood that day because I I think I like paid I paid for it in cash or something I can't remember why or not the kitchen but something it was like a large amount of cash and he was filling out some like serious forms and um you know a driver's license and all this rest and he was like he's like cash he's like what do you do for a living and I was like well I sell drugs <laughs> and he was... that was what Shelby Shelley called him, called him dangerous. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm linking it together, Magda. I'm not. I'm a pro. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, where are we going? What are we doing? We got Chase and uh, I was going to call her Sophia. Chase and Brooke, and we got Bevin and Rachel. Cat, what are we saying? Oh, let's go with Chase and Brooke. Let us know. I mean, a lot of it is just. You know, she gets caught out when um, Carl, you know, clearly lets slip that the teachers are talking about her, <laughs> that she's failing calculus. Yeah, that wasn't good. That was not, it's not potentially shaming her in the class Ooh, as well. It's not a great Ooh, move, a but yeah. Um, like professionalism there. <laughs> you know, and so she, she comes clean to, to Chase about stealing, stealing the test, how she got an A. Stupid move to go from getting an F or a D to an A. Come on, Brooke, you're smuggling it. At least get yourself a C plus or a B minus. Anyway, <laughs> don't make it so obvious. Yes, I'm wrong. <laughs> um, right, but, for sure. You know, and a lot of it from his side is, you know, that um, you know that he he wants to get to know her. He doesn't want her to pretend to be someone someone else, and she comes complain about um, Rachel's bet that she could sleep with him within three days, but apparently she didn't take up that bet and or wouldn't have tried to get him to actually sleep with her if he didn't want to. Um, and then the only other real part that I've got to, to say is that, you know, Brooke opens up and says her parents haven't called her in more than a month. And what the fuck... Brooke's parents, because they're over in LA, I think. They, they moved over to LA and they just left left her, you know, first living with, with, with Lucas and Karen, then with, with Peyton, and now with Rachel. And they haven't called her in more than a month. What the fuck? That's my kind of parenting, Kat. That's my kind I mean, of parenting. I mean, technically, she's 18 now because she turned 18 yeah. in the like, beginning of season four, but still, terrible yeah. parenting. A... My son will be 18 months soon. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just dropping him. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, there's there's a good like time difference between North Carolina and LA, so I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> And that's probably expensive. And it's hard to make that like, work, to phone, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, minutes and yeah, you gotta. It's but fair she enough. Said not mm. even an email. An email is free, and they can send it at any time. Nothing. You have free. to log on. Yeah, you have to log free. on to the internet, and <laughs> no, no. Shame on Brooks. She's lucky. She's she's lucky to have got a call at all that year. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay well uh 
do we have anything else to really say on it? The overhead yeah. projector shot thing with the writing on, that's iconic, Dom, of course. Um, yeah, for me, Chase is a, a pushy, judgy little prick, to be honest. Uh, I didn't like him uh, at all. Um, Called him by his proper name with the two Fs. Is FFC? What? FFC. <laughs> What's that? Ferret face. Ferret face chase. Ferret face chase. Ferret face is like hot Uncle Cooper. Ferret face chase. Yeah, didn't didn't like it at all. I didn't like this. Uh, uh, him. I think Brooke was having to work really hard to sort of earn this person's trust and stuff like that. And again, someone. He's known and she's known for about fifteen minutes. So, yeah, I, I, di- I didn't, I don't understand the the need to bend over backwards to to please him or uh, get him on side. I just thought, what a obnoxious little prick. Yeah, is what I thought. <laughs> so, the, the 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 least amount of chase we we got the the, the moments without chase were, were the be- the better moments of the episode. But a good ending for Brooke. I. I fully agree with Dom. I'm not a Chase fan. FFC. For sure. Magda? Well, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to say that um, the reason that I ended up picking this episode is because of the Brooks part in this episode. I don't really... Like, the whole Chase and her thing, it gets a bit frustrating because it's like... Especially for me, I think I've only noticed it now on this watch that it's like he finds that obviously that the teacher calls Brooke out and they leave the classroom and he's pissed off at her because she lied. And it's like, oh, anything else? Like, you've known her for like probably a couple of days. This is first time you find out something she liked. It's not great she lied, but like the audacity were like, anything else? Straight away assuming like, because she lied once, she lied about everything else. So that was... Yeah, don't like Chase here either. But for me, it was more, um, which another reason why maybe this episode is one of my favorites in general as well. It's that whole thing with, so I I said like, oh, I I could uh, relate to some of the stuff from Lucas and stuff like that. But Brooke's whole thing about not feeling like she's good enough, stuff like that. I felt like that and I still do most days. (laughs) So for me, it's like... um, that's why I said I might cry during that. Like, I've talked to someone before we were watch- re-watching the episode last week. I actually cried before the watch along because I started telling someone about this episode and why I like it. And it's just like, it's one of those things. I think it's really like when Brooke says that it's like after they kind of hash out things with Chase and uh, after the case is like, oh, do you still think you're not good enough? And her answer is, I don't think you get ever get over it. And yeah. I'm gonna stop before I start crying, but um, that, yeah. So Don't I think that's that's why I picked this episode in the whole like that photo with like the the writing on it. As we said, it is quite like um, iconic, but um, it's interesting because like I don't like the whole interaction and broken chase in this episode. It's not like my favorite scenes, but just that part where like because I can really relate to that part being like feeling like you're not pretty enough not smart enough not good enough um that always hits me and i think just that part makes this episode really one of my favorite ones well magda just to say you are incredibly intelligent you you're doing a podcast in a different language 
could you imagine could you imagine me trying to do a podcast in Polish? <laughs> it wouldn't last <laughs> <Or> me <laughs> a single syllable. <laughs> yeah, but Dom, you're smart as well. You can you could do a Spanish podcast like this, like the intelligent levels to be able to speak another language is incredible. And you're incredibly pretty and wonderful. And we love you, Magda. So you, any of those labels are completely falsified and cat. The same goes for you. You know how we feel. You're up there at 4am in the morning. <laughs> we will stay up till four in the morning, our time. If you ever want to, to record with you. Um, Yes, uh, I just like to say when we go to Wilmington, we're going to get an overhead projector and we're going to stand you both in front of it and we're going to write words yeah. all over it. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell Dom to take his shirt off and I'm going to write Teen across his chest. <laughs> and then I'm going to I'll, I will wear the leather trousers. It's I'll all going to work out. Trousers. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh gosh! Perfect. Okay. Well, then let's let's roll into last but not least uh, to Bevin and Rachel. Who's going there? Do you want Dom to do it, Magda? Yeah, go on. I love his synopsis. He's he's always so on point. I try. I, I'm I'm always a bit all over the place, but we'll we'll do this one nice and quick because I think we need to really head into judgments. But um, Bevan and Rachel they go off. Uh, to the to the loose they, they're in the toilets uh rachel locks off the door and uh this is where it kind of begins bevan's like i've already taken my picture for the for the um for the yearbook i think it looks great my hair looked great that day but you know blah blah blah, blah. and uh rachel's not interested at all she's not interested in the assignment and she's got uh a joint and she's like let's let's smoke this joint so she ends up going uh, into a cubicle on her own and she's smoking away while bevan is kind of trying to move along with with doing the assignment and and getting something from it anyway and their conversation uh eventually with um rachel being you know quite stoned it moves on to a point of um rachel kind of like saying like bevan saying where do you see yourself in 10 years and she's like in 10 years i'm going to be 28 haha <laughs> and she's really got nothing there's there's almost like there's no vision but it does eventually get on to you know when i change my body um, and I, I, I changed my body this way. Uh, I don't, I don't feel anything, you know, all the guys that I've slept with, I, I don't feel anything. And I really, and I, I guess she, she really thought she would. Um, but, but the whole, the change of body and the, you know, the, the design of vagina, it's really, <laughs> it's really, not had, <laughs> it's not really had any impact but, on her life, you know. Bedazzled. She's, she has it permanently bedazzled as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the full on vajazzle is, is. She had the teeth taken out yeah. like, from the movie. <laughs> They've gone. She's now like denture free um, down there. Um, but... She's got veneers in there now. So, <laughs> so it's a rounder, you know. Shaving them away. Um, anyway, she's. Yeah. Um, she kind of opens up it in, in that sense probably the wrong turn of phrase but um, she she really explains that it kind of means nothing and uh there's a a moment where bevan says you know she um no where rachel says you know maybe she should uh look at girls or be interested in girls or something like that and bevan kisses her which is a really funny moment uh and and quite sweet in a way because it's like hey i'm a really good kisser and if you uh, didn't feel anything for me there then you're not a lesbian kind of kind of moment it's like okay like there's logic to that bevan but it's it's skewed like everything you say <laughs> and then we get the fantastic moment of bevan just like switching on her and just like <clears throat> i know you guys will think i'm stupid but i'm not dumb 
uh, and this is all like you, you guys are all kind of stuck in this high school way and this is where you're going to be and this is what you know where all your memories going to lie but i'm going to go make something of myself and you know i just i just let you lot play that game because you know that that's all you've got and I, i'm so much more than that so i don't care and i thought that was brilliant i thought bevan like round of applause for bevan because it was fantastic um and that's pretty much it and then the picture at the end that she takes of rachel was awesome because it was just like Hilarious. you know rachel thinks i'm this sort of ditzy idiot but actually i'm you know really smart and then she takes a picture of a poster behind her and that was so good and bevan's kind of journey was that she wanted to be kind of more like a man or like uh, i wasn't too sure um but she's standing at the the urinal and a guy walks in and is very surprised to see bevan standing at the urinal <laughs> next to her. and that's kind of their episode yeah good synopsis cat thoughts i mean yeah that that really summed it up you know i mean from, <laughs> from my point of view, you know the, the whole kiss thing was just a bit of a raging sweet 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 stunt type of type of thing to me but you know Agreed. if that if that if that made the point that no she does like she does like dudes but you know is still not feeling anything then she needs to work out work out why but um yeah and, you know the the great bevan moment that we've waited you know three and a half seasons and you know we've seen her on and off you know couple of, a couple of episodes every season but she just switches and you go that is exactly what this episode is about that the labels in high school don't have to carry you on and you can be a different person you can be a different person in high school and still pretend to be you know the the prom queen that people would probably put bevan in she's mm, not yeah yeah good cool definitely yeah nice nice really well put magda any thoughts just before we go i just wanted to um one thing we didn't mention with brooke and chase which dom's kind of critique of brooke lately is like that she's been this she's going back to her like season one persona being just all about boys i think it's really nice that they went back to her what's her ambition she wants to have her online and wants to she wants it to be successful so i like that we're focusing on this more again rather than just her being boys and all that stuff so I, I really like that part that they mentioned it and that that was her dream with this one i loved how we got to see a different side to bevan She's fine. We still mm. there's still a few moments where it's like, yeah, you can see she's that bitsy Bevan we know, but she 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 herself says like, you know, I act like this and like, whatever. Like I let you kind of make fun of me or whatever because I don't need this. Like I, high school, it's not the best it ever gets for me, but for some of you and it does. And I'm just like, I, it it doesn't matter me like that. I think like I can move on. I can go on with my life. I don't have to hold on to however I'm labelled now, what's happening in school, because I know that there's more beyond that. So I really like that. And like I said, like, that I slightly mentioned that what she's saying shows with uh, Glenda's mum, with, like, her being stuck in high school and her not moving past that label of being the the prom queen. Um, so it was definitely a great moment. Um and but yeah, we still got that community like, with with her kissing uh, Rachel or with her like oh my my, my hair looks pretty I don't want another picture or later taking a terrible one of of Rachel. Um, 
but I did really like seeing the other side of her and it kind of reminded me I still haven't seen that documentary myself to be honest but like the whole thing with like Paris Hilton that she's kind of seen like as the stupid ditzy person and I think like in that her documentary and in general she was like kind of that she was playing up to it it was more of a persona and that how she really is that's kind of the comparisons that I got from Bevin's performance in that episode that like this she's like like I'm not maybe she's not the smarter person but she's not as dumb as she seems she maybe plays it up a bit because that's what people kind of expect of her so I thought that was like really nice excellent well anything else we've missed we'll just we'll we'll scoop in judgment so if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and how could you not then check us out ravenshoops.net why dom because basketballs go through oops but magda they also go through nets and cat they also go through Ravenshoops.net. <laughs> How dare you, Jimmy and Mouth? That's who you're promoting here? <laughs> After all we've been through. No, I didn't know how that was going to work. I did not know how that was going to work. But we did make it work. And here we are in Judgment Land. Kat, who's your favourite performer of this episode? Sophia Bush. You know, she only has a few moments, but they are absolutely some of the best that, that she's that she's done so far nice good call magda so i've actually really struggled with performer because i was i don't think there's a stand-up performance and they're like everyone's equally like no one's bad but no one's great and i was thinking lucas because of the impressions but i'm gonna go with sophia because yes there was some good moments so thank you kat i'm gonna steal your choice <laughs> dom uh, my favourite performer was actually Bethany Joy Lenz for this episode. Uh, one that I don't pick often, but uh, I was drawn to the character this this week. So, uh, and I thought Bethany Joy Lenz did a great job. So, that's my choice. You mate? I'm gonna go with Bevan. Uh, when she breaks and is her, you know, uh, what do you call it? Go, go breaks her facade mm. she like has like a tear in her eye as she's doing it and the way she like shakes it off and goes back in I just thought it was a really great performance um, totally Kat what about your favourite character I went with skills tell us why he's just he, yeah he just has a really good journey that he doesn't believe in himself that he's going to get into college or get, get this scholarship but he does and he's damn happy about it. And it is a great episode for him. Magda? Nathan, uh, I really liked, as much as I agree with Phaedron, you have to put yourself first sometime, sometimes. I just like seeing him being, like, I mean, the character growth we've seen since season five, but even since the last GC episodes, like, that, for him it's important everyone around him his especially the obviously the closest family like his wife and his child um yeah i just really liked his um his frame of mind and stuff like that. i really liked him in this episode dumb 
Uh, it was Haley for me um, again for the for the same reasons and uh, probably the person I resonated with the most uh, uh, in this episode. So yeah, and you, Lucas has to be nice. especially for what he did course, at the end. Of course, Cat, favorite background performer. <laughs> <laughs> favorite background performer, one line or less. Well, literally the only one was the guy in the in the cubicles that. Bevan had her photo with, but I want to cheat because even though I have no proof, I can guarantee you that there was someone in the back background of that classroom that didn't care to yell out prom queen, prom queen, jock. But the moment that they got to Rachel, they yelled out friendly because they wanted to call her a slut to her face without calling her a slut to her face. <laughs> I can guarantee you I'm sure there was someone in that classroom that wanted to say that. <laughs> So, yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> we'll take that. Magda. I mean, it had to be friend of the show, Narian. He was just there smiling. There was one scene where he's just literally, like, I don't know, like uh, scratching his like shoulder and stuff. There was a lot of, there was literally like one shot, like just on him when he was scratching that. Yeah. So, Narian, of course. Nice. Dom? Same. Narian was my choice for this one. Simon? Yeah, Narion. They even name checked him. They said his name in it. So yeah, I don't know. the guy with the urine. The, yeah, and the guy at the urinal uh, was was good as well. It's a good call. Cat, uh, your favorite song? I went with the closing song, the Baba Rally. The Who? Nice, nice, Magda. Don't... I'm gonna just say John Nordstrom's score. I I don't have a song for this episode. I really struggled with it, and the song at the end annoyed me because all I could think about it was CSI. I was like, no, don't put it anywhere else. <laughs> so that that song almost ruined this episode for me because I was like, no, I, now I can see the opening credits for CSI in my head. That's okay. We'll take it, Dom. Uh, yeah, I also picked Barbara O'Reilly by The Who. Fantastic song. Uh, good way to end. Uh, but shout out to um, Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner as well. But what about you, mate? Tuesday's Gone. I I know it from Happy Gilmore. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> I love it. It's so good to underscore. They use it. They almost play like the whole song, yeah. don't they? It's like so long. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Magda, your favorite line? Uh, so I really love the Bevan's uh, monologue and the Lucas opening line about like how much them but i'm gonna pick and also with going with the labels uh, a shout out to the line by chase that people are gonna label with it's about how you overcome those labels but i'm actually gonna pick um what glenda said that her mom said and she responded which was the i don't know who would sleep with you but here you go when she was giving her the pills and then glenda responded with i don't know who would sleep with you either but here i am so that that's my line of the yeah. episode more of a light that's a more line. of a less serious one nice and cat yeah, I mean, I would love to go for the Bevan line about um, the real world doesn't care for high school, um, but I will never not laugh at Glenda and her you do a good Elmo when Lucas is clearly <laughs> doing the my precious Smeagol. Nice. Good call. 
Dom? Uh, yeah, I'll do it really quickly, but it was a Bevan line, which was, I know people think I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb. I just let you and the other girls have your way because that's how you need it to be. And I thought it was a fantastic line. So I went with that. And you, young man. All good, all good lines. I actually chose a mouth line where <laughs> Shelley says, um, I can't wear, I can't wear those uh, leather pants because it, I'm a clean teen it wouldn't fit the image and Mouse said well then why don't you change the image and that's so important because that's saying just because you're labelled something doesn't mean you can't just be whoever you can just be yourself and then last but not least the precious precious rating Kat did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation yes and has it increased decreased or stayed the same it's increased Let's go. Magda, same questions. I had a number. Then my number went down when I rewatched the episode just before we started recording. And now it went back up to my original number after the conversation. Oh, gosh. Dom? <laughs> uh, had a number. And I think it's gone up by one. And you? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Ready? <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. No. Eight. Eight. Ten. So just for clarity there, because I know it goes crazy on the audio. I said ten. Cat said ten. I think Dom, did you say eight? I did. And Magda, did you I say seven? Oh nine. I I okay. would be willing to meet at a nine. I think this <sighs> is a good episode. I don't think it's a ten. I do think eight is fair. Um, but I would be willing to meet at a nine. Magda, are you willing to go to a 10? <laughs> no. I think nine is Sorry, Dom, I'm um, not talking to you right now. The reason that I've given it a nine is because... That's not why I asked you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that can explain why I don't think it's a 10, which is really surprising for me because I was like, I'm going to fight for this episode. And now I'm like, actually... Um, basically, like I find it, it's a very nostalgic episode, one of my favourites, but after rewatching it, um, I miss the adults in it. I think that's one of the things. And two, it's like there's no style, there's things that I like, but there's nothing like I don't know. It's not like as important as some other episodes. Um, and I'm still not calling it a filler, but there's just something missing in it for me to be a ten. And I literally watching it, I think because I was struggling with finding the best performer in the episode, I almost went down to an eight. And then when we were talking, it was like, okay, no, it is a nine. So for me, it's a nine, but I don't think it's a ten. Oh my god, I can't believe we're here because I always argue with Dom. This is weird. Oh, uh, the thing I've got here is I've got twenty. I've got twenty people in the waiting room that have been there for twenty-two minutes, and uh, but I'm not willing to let this not be a ten. Cat, um, we're in agreement that this is one of the best episodes of the show. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was originally at a nine, but. You know, I really had to, but I really prefer a 10 because to me, this is a top 10 episode towards the lower end of the, the top 10, but it's still in my top 10. Right. Well, I, and I just, this is a 10. So what are we going to do here? Because I'm not opposed to polls and I feel more confident I would win this one. So... Dom, I know that you hate a pole. Like, I actually actually felt your spine just sort of, like, tense up right then. Um, 
what are you ending on, Dom? A nine? I'm willing to go to a nine. I think it's an eight, but I will go to a nine to to make the the poll that you will inevitably put out easier to manage. <laughs> <laughs> Magda, are you happy? You're happy with a nine. You went there. Okay, so the poll will live for one week, oh. and we will we will find out. Cat. Magda, it is a pleasure to have you on as always. Ravens family to the fullest. We really appreciate you both and thank you so much for your time and input. Absolutely. Thank you so much for getting up so early. And Magdalena, thank you so much for joining us as well. You're, you're both excellent. So thank you. Thank you for letting me do this together. I was really excited to be able to do it. <laughs> We're just going to smash out a Ravens on three. Yep. We're just going to go all in because we've got to get those people in. So Ravens on three. One, two, three. 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 Ravens. 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 Yeah.